What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the Three FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the Eight One Two Two Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are reviewing the brand new Marvel film, The Marvels. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First of all, he is the man that, after seeing the Marvels, decided to turn his house into a cat sanctuary just so he could find a flurkin'. Ladies and gentlemen, it's flurkin' Ron. I need to, I need to get like three or four of them. <laughs> yes, well, as soon as you get one or two and you let them grow a little bit, they will asexually reproduce. Yes. Uh, that doesn't spoil anything, but I'm just letting you know. That that's all you need. Yes. So you don't even need a pair. You just need one. Yeah. To start with. Goose looks lonely, though. Yes. Very true. <laughs> and of course, uh, he is a man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Diesel. Don't go flirking my heart. Don't go flirking my heart. William flirking my heart. Man, that's craziness. Well, let's uh, before we jump in uh, to the show and got start talking about Diesel's movie triple stuff, and then of course the three FN movie club review. Uh, let's find out how the gentlemen's weeks are. So, uh, Ron, how has been your week? Week's been okay. Made it through. Only got two days left, so can't wait. I finally put in my PLs today for the end of the week and next week. <laughs> you know, just in case. Just, just in case there was an emergency. Like I said, if I make it today and tomorrow, or if I make it tomorrow and Wednesday, I'll get a free sick day at the end of December. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Rewards for taking time off. Other than that, you know, the week's been all right. Um, stopped in yesterday, so, with Sierra, so Uncle Diesel could see Sierra, because uh, we were out in Otsonango and walking around and all that fun stuff. And that's pretty much all the week's really been. <laughs> Diesel, how's been your week? Oh, I'm the polar opposite of Ron, where I don't have any time off <laughs> and i'm just coming off of working the entire weekend here at dragon master games so i am dragon ass at this point because full-time job plus helping out part-time here and then running the store for the weekend and running several different events over the course of the weekend i am drained as shit <laughs> <laughs> i can hear you there i mean this weekend i had a little less on my plate but you got to remember not only do i work full-time I then, uh, you know, do this wonderful podcast, and then I do the uh, weekly wrestling show for Nerd Initiative, so go over to uh, the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel, or the Twitch, or the Kick, or the Facebook, or the Twitter, or X now, sorry, because uh, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH bring you Wrestling Night Live. That's a lot of fun, though, and now I'm doing a lot more video production and uh, videos and stuff like that, so uh, keep your eyes out, nerdinitiative.com. Got a lot of stuff coming out soon. So kind of doing that, and then I've really kind of, I should say this is different. It's like a labor of my kind of love, if you will, because I've been very, actually really getting into doing production stuff as far as video making, because it's a good artistic flair for me, I guess. Uh, but it's still time consuming. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. It's, it's still time consuming. So we have that going on, and uh, but nothing to complain about. It's not like any complaints. It's just I have some busy stuff. But uh, yeah, I can hear you t- completely. <laughs> but before, uh, once again, we hope everybody had a great week last week, and we hope you continue to have a w- good week this week and every week for that matter. But before we even jump into the shameless plugs, I think we got to celebrate something. You know what we're celebrating? That's right, we're celebrating. The actors are back to work. Finally, the studios gave in. They gave the money that people deserved. And now, no strikes in Hollywood. Woohoo! For three years? Yes, three years at least. <laughs> so, we'll take that as a big victory, of course. Uh, it is a big victory that SAG after got all the things that they wanted taken care of, taken care of. And uh, thankfully, we didn't get too much, too much of that crappy uh, reality TV. I know Diesel's very disappointed about that, <laughs> but uh, it was getting bad enough here that uh, you know I, that they were actually now showing shows from overseas. And I'm not yeah. saying they were bad shows. Just when you're showing Ghost UK, when we ripped off Ghost to do an American version. It's kind of weird. Yes. And I'm not saying Ghost UK was bad, and I'm not saying Ghost was good. I didn't watch either one of them. But I'm saying we already did an American ripoff of it, so now you're like, we don't have anything. So let's go back to the beginning and show you the UK version. You know, I'm sure that NBC's looking at the the office and everything else. You're just like, guys, you did your own American ripoff. What are we doing here? But it's it's what they had to do. They brought back Quantum Leap. Oh, Jesus. The it's new Quantum Leap, that is, not so, the original. So bad. You know, that's what they should have done, is just syndicated programs that we all loved. Bring back the original Quantum Leap. Bring back Little House on the Prairie. Bring back in The Incredible Hulk. That's right, with with, with uh, Bill Bixby. Laugh <laughs> TV has never disappointed us because we still get Nightcore <laughs> and all those classic oh, shows. I agree with you, but I'm just pointing out the fact that like we could have just ran those on regular television, <laughs> yeah. and it would have been a better choice than just going, hey, I got an idea. Remember that show we ripped off a few years ago from, from the UK or from you know wherever? We're just going to play the original version so you can see how shitty the American version was in comparison. <laughs> Because I'm sorry, if you uh, nothing against the American office, but the British office was so much better. Uh, it was because they can never translate the right amount of asshole that Ricky Gervais brings to the table. True. <laughs> In America, we had to dumb it down and give you Steve Carell, who is who's a lovable loser asshole, and he's not really an asshole; he's just a lovable loser. Yeah. Whereas the UK office, and maybe this is just speaking to who I am with my sense of humor, we got the greatest asshole on television of all time in Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the office is a bad example because I think the U.S. office is one of the few that transcended because that's got such a f- huge following. Agreed, and I know versus there's people... like the six episodes that they have for fucking the British version, right? But I, I'm just saying it depends on your sense of humor because yeah. I think that the American version to me was kind of like catered down to, the, but then again, it is catered to the American public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't as egregious as like Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, hey. Or Two and a Half Men or any other Chuck Lorre show. <laughs> <laughs> At least like The Office and Parks and Rec and like Community, like they actually had some like thought behind it. Whereas True. the other ones that we get dumbed down for us are just pure laugh track. And once again, I'm not saying The American Office was bad. I did enjoy episodes of it. I wasn't a huge fan. I'm more of a community guy myself. Yeah. Parks and Rec was also really good. Uh, but I'm, that's more my wheelhouse than The Office. I never really got too into it, but the episodes I saw were funny. Yeah. I'm just saying that I have an appreciation, being an asshole myself, I have an appreciation for other assholes. And Ricky Gervais definitely took it there. That's my only point. 
But once again, you show us the version after you stole it. It just makes no fucking sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. So thankfully, congratulations to SAG after, of course, WGA getting to agreement a couple, uh, about, actually about three weeks ago. So thank, congratulations to both of them. And uh, now we finally get the movies to come out. I mean, we got to see some trailers this week. Yes. Ghostbusters trailer in particular. Yep. How'd you feel about that? I know we don't do much in the news, but let's just uh, let's, let's, let's revel in the fact that the SAG after stuff is over so we can talk about a trailer real quick. What'd you feel about the Ghostbusters, uh, uh, the new trailer, if you will? I haven't even seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen oh, it yet? No. Ron, how'd you feel about it? I was all right with it. It's interesting. I thought it was Mortal Kombat at the beginning of it, but, you know. I did, too. The deep freeze <laughs> thing was kind of a throw-off, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, Looks like we're getting the leg, uh, the the, uh, legend, the old school uh, yeah, legends legendary. Are back. Yeah, yeah, legends are back. A little and, more. Yeah. Get, and the get, new cast. And the new cast, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, they're all back in New York City, so. That's always a good starting point. Yeah. You know? So we'll see. So I heard a lot of people bitching. You see, this is why I say off the internet. By the way, it's going to tie into later's inter, uh, you know, review. Stay stay away from the internet sometimes. It's just like they the, uh, the internet will find a way to bitch about anything. Yeah. Like literally, you could be like every American's gonna get a million dollars, and they'd be shitting all over it on fucking social media. But we could have got two million. Why did they get the million dollars? They they don't they shouldn't be eligible for it. <laughs> I had to pay my student loans off. Why do we get relief to other people? <laughs> way to close the door behind you, Bob. <laughs> you I, fuck. I don't like the font on that check. That's offensive. Yeah. I yeah. only accept checks with wingdings. <laughs> I don't like red ink. Red ink offends me. It <laughs> triggers me. Like that's that's American in a nutshell. So it's like social media is kind of eh. If you guys love that life, then then so be it. It is it is the teach their own, teach their own. But now that we've gotten back celebrating that SAG after is back, the movies are back, and everything's going on. Let's take care of some business with some opening shameless plugs. And of course, if you are trying to find anything out about the 3FN Podcast at all, it is simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. That's right there. You will find all of our social media links. You will find the uh, link to the uh, to the T Public store. You'll find the link to Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content and help out the show and everything we do here. Also, while you're there, check out friends of the show like the ODPH. And uh, check out everything Ken M's got going on over there at OB- ODPH podcast.com because it's always a good time we're gonna be adding more to the website soon also check out the musical directory where the bands that allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded dmcas are and of course big shout out to shout at the robots whose song fail better is the theme song you hear at the beginning of every episode of the 3fm podcast so thanks thanks to them and also uh, all the rest of the bands there in the musical directory makes you support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, there is the sponsorship section where the uh, people who uh, give us different things so we don't have to put commercials all over this uh, podcast are. And we're going to give a quick shout out now. First of all, if you're in the 607 and ready to put the pride back in your ride, go ahead, give a call to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing Diesel. What's the number? 607-644-3389. Tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Also, if you're local, uh, you might want to check out SciFiHorrorFest.com. See all the stuff's going on. Tickets are on sale now. Vendor spots are on sale, although they're going quick. Quickly, so you're going to want to get over to SciFiHorrorFest.com. On top of all of that, the energy sponsor is Dubby Energy. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Go get yourself some Dubby and use the promo code 3FNPOD at checkout. That's the number 3, F-N-P-O-D at checkout for 10% off of every order. And last but not least, our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. Make sure you visit them on the World Wide Web for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. That is Dragon Master Games. Dot com.
that's right. I even did it slower. I was told to kind of do it a little slower. Sometimes I rush through it. Too much information. But if you uh, missed anything, 3FNpodcast.com has got your hookup. Like, big, papa, pump. And now that we have gotten through and we are now exiting out of the shameless plugs and we told you about the week, it's time to finally dive in the show so we can talk about the stuff you want to hear. And we're going to kick off the show as we always do with... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Got a pretty interesting box office this week. Coming in at number five for its fourth week on the list, Killers of the Flower Moon with $4.7 million. It's still hanging in there. Still hasn't made its money back, but still hanging in there nonetheless. They're framing it as it's a global success but they have still lost a lot of money <laughs> they took a bath as they say but then again everything's taking a bath let's be honest coming in at number four priscilla with 4.8 million dollars you know pretty impressive for something that's not gotten as wide of a release no. so i gotta give it credit there number three still on the list with another 5.9 million dollars taylor swift the eras tour swifties aren't letting that thing so die good. it'll so be good. around forever ron how many times have you seen the eras tour so far six and in person at least twice right yes Big time spender. Oh, over yeah. Here. Oh, Big yeah. Swifty. All the time. Coming in at number two with another $9 million, Five Nights at Freddy's. You know, like I said, for a movie that you could watch on Peacock day one, it's making a lot of moves. Yeah. That fan base really did come out and support. You got to give it a lot of credit. And I do like that as soon as the strike ended, I mean, we had the little thing with Matthew Lillard where he was trying to like, I want to thank you guys, but I can't really thank you guys. So you're just going to have to read between the lines yeah. that I'm thanking you. And I love that. And he did come out with a more formal one after he could. And then the other stars of that movie were all like, you guys are awesome. Thank you for supporting yeah. it. You know, So I, I really dug like the outpouring as soon as the actors could talk about the roles that they were in. Because let's be honest. Yes, they work and they make money. But, you know, you also got to remember they're artists at the end of the day. And when you get rewarded like the Five Nights at Freddy crew did, you do want to be thankful to the fans who rewarded you with that. And, of course, that means there's going to be more movies. So I thought that they were probably the most wholesome (laughs) group of people after the strike ended. So kudos to them. Congratulations on continued success. And then coming in at number one, debuting this week at $47 million domestic. The Marvels. Yeah, and I, let's get this out of the way right now. Like, you hear the bombing talk and everybody, you know, jumping in. And, and it is what it is. We'll get to the review later. What, what we think about is irrelevant. Here's the point of the matter. Since post-pandemic, the post-pandemic era, if you will, movies have never really bounced back. And you're going to go, but Rich, what about Super Mario Brothers making over a billion? Or Barbie making, like, two billion? Or, or uh, Top Gun Maverick making that? Okay, remember when in one year, one fiscal year, every, like 11 Disney films made over 11, a, a billion dollars yeah. a piece? It, it, to speak of other ones as well, just that was just Disney alone. They had 11 films make over a billion dollars. That age is over. Yes, you're going to have the outliers. Yes, you're going to have, like I, we were just talking about it earlier on Patreon. You're going to have where you had Barbie, which was before they went on full strikes, so they still could advertise up until the premiere when yeah. they had to leave. And Barbenheimer weekend was something out of like the, we, we talked about on this show, pre-pandemic era. Yeah. 
It really was. But I think it was because of the excitement. And you had a, a, a Barbie thing. We know the property, but what were they going to do with the movie? And it ended up being good, despite what some people thought. I We all thought it was good, great here on this show. And then, you know, you had Oppenheimer, which was also great. little long, but in historical, but great. And so you had those two movies, and they played off of each other. And that's why they, you know, obviously Barbie made more. But still, Oppenheimer came in at a billion dollars as well. But this year, you've had three movies at a billion dollars. That's right. Yeah. You had... The, the the Super Mario Brothers movie, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Everything else, including Killers of the Flower Moon, well below that. <laughs> you know, Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, is the only thing during the pandemic that actually really made money. Or not pandemic, sorry, the strike. Yeah. It's the only thing during the strike that actually made money that had no advertisement because of the strike, no from the stars and stuff like that. That is the only one that made money at the 78 million opening weekend. So when you think about it, 47 million was pretty much the same amount, right around the same amount that... Uh, of Killers of the Flower Moon opened at. Yeah. yeah. And it was just slightly more than what Saw X opened at. And so there's a lot of, like, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm not saying it is. It could have definitely gone from the, from the thing. And obviously later on you're going to hear what we say about it. But if you're hating on something, I've never judged a movie by what Rotten Tomatoes has thought about it. And I've never judged a movie by how much money it's made. Yeah. Because that does not equate to whether it's a good movie or not. It's just who was willing to pay money. And let's be honest, the box office has been down since the pandemic. Yeah. The only time I, I will talk about the money aspect is when there's obviously they're framing it as something being a success with. And granted, you all know I hated Killers of the Flower Moon. But when I saw that article saying, like, it, it crossed a, a record with 100 million worldwide. Yeah, but their budget was 200 million. Yeah. Like, and that's they still a nowhere, loss. And they came nowhere close to that in the States. And they don't bring that up in the article. They're just like, they're trying to frame, well, because they're making the Oscar push for this one, obviously. Oh, I, I agree. So they want, it, they want it to be like thought of as a successful movie. I'm with you. But we've seen movies that didn't make money that were amazing. And we've seen movies that made money that were terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. There's some MCU films that made money that were a little <laughs> eh at yeah. best. We're looking at you, Eternals. Amongst other things, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I love how you just had the uh, douche chills. That's yeah. what that was. <laughs> All right, now that we've gotten past that statement in the in the current box office, what is coming to movie theaters in the next couple of weeks, Diesel? All right, we have a bunch this week. On November 17th, we have Next Goal Wins, Trolls Band Together, Thanksgiving, and The Hunger Games, the song of songbirds and snakes or whatever because it cuts off on my thing yeah <laughs> yes it's, it's the what the ballad of songbirds and snakes or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. uh put it this way uh next week the 3fn movie club review is thanksgiving diesel shan't be watching it after he saw the trailer <laughs> yeah. there's no way i can make so, it through that one <laughs> so diesel's going to do a special report on trolls now <laughs> I, I will probably wind up going to see next goal wins actually uh, next goal wins looks good and it's also uh, directed by taika watiti yep. we love him here taika watiti that's right and what's coming up after that? I know the next week is kind of a slow week. We got we got two big uh, entries for November 22nd. We have the new uh, Disney movie Wish, which looks pretty cool. And then the the big one, Napoleon. Oh, that's right. Uh, another long one. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to review that one, uh, not on the main feed, but maybe somewhere else. But I will say this. I, uh, I'm not going, we're not going to be reviewing Wish that week either. We're actually going to be going uh, in the Wayback Machine and doing something from the past. But I will say this. I thought that the Wish trailer reminded me of like older Disney films. Yeah. I was kind of impressed with that trailer because I saw the trailer. The first time I saw the trailer was when I saw the Marvels. And I was like, I kind of looked at uh, Ken and was like, this is actually a really good trailer. I yeah. mean, I might be interested in seeing this movie. Yeah. Not, not interested in reviewing it, but just interested in seeing it. So kudos to Wish. Yeah. Because we saw the like the really like blank teasers a while back and you're just like, all right. So there's a new you know Disney movie with songs coming out. All right, cool. This one was the actual trailer where you're just like, 
hey, this looks interesting. I might actually go see this. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I'll give him credit. Giving him credit. Credit where credit is due. Well, guess what, guys? Now that we've gotten past the box office, both present and future, it is now time to go to the signature move that is the top three diesel. What is this week's 3FN top three? This week is your top three favorite Marvel women. All right, we're going to do this like this. And I picked every, and I'm going to give a reason behind everyone. But I, I, I went simply from the auspices of the fact of the importance or my, my given importance to them and to this, the franchises. Uh, so number three is the newcomer. Uh, that's Iman Vellani, uh, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. I think that she's doing an amazing job. I think that as far as translating from comic book to screen, she is the, you know, that, that character has been written very well in that aspect and she is amazing at portraying that. So I got to give her all the credit in the world and I can't see, and they look like they're setting her up for something. We're not going to give spoilers. We'll save that for the review. And I will say this, cannot wait to see the future of that character. Uh, number two, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Uh, listen, we didn't realize how much of the heart and soul this, the Black Widow was to the franchise until she was gone. I just want to throw that out there. Like, thinking back True. on it, from Iron Man 2 on, she was a major piece to every single movie in the MCU. And even Black Widow, which uh, there's some people who didn't like it. I thought that was a, a, a tremendous film to even to write her off on. Yeah, And uh, it's just... Once again, she was one of those pieces. Like we talk about how Cap or how Tony Stark was the the heart and soul. I think she was also in that. She deserves to be in that camp. Yeah. And my number one, and because of the range, Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch. Uh, and the reason why I say range is because we've seen her be the hero. We've seen her be the villain. We've seen her be the villain twice. Early on, of course, in her first movie appearance, she was the villain, if you don't remember. Yep. And then later on, we would see her in her last appearance in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of, of Madness as a villain as well. And then you had everything in between. I think that Elizabeth Olsen has portrayed it very well. She's probably one of the more entertaining women, in my opinion, in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not taking anything away from anybody else. I just think that she's been powerful on both ends. You can make her a villain. You can make her a hero. And both works. And she, she kills it and slays it. So that's okay. my number one pick. Ron, your top three. Uh, number three... Yelanda uh, taking place of Black Widow after yep. everything. I just feel the character moves well. I loved her in uh, Hawkeye. Yep. You know, so. Can't wait to see her in Thunderbolts whenever yeah, we get that. Exactly. Um, number two, Kate Bishop, just because, once again, I like wasn't having high hopes for Hawkeye, but she made Hawkeye for me. Like, and I enjoyed it. And of course, we're going to get the Echo series yep. soon. And on top of that, I will say this. Once again, with these younger characters, yeah. they're setting the table nicely. She's kind of like my pick with Ms. Marvel. I think yeah. she's a really good pick. And then my number one is Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan because I, that Ms. Marvel show, I didn't know I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I enjoyed it. And it's she's the character that they put on. Granted, they changed a couple things from the comics, which is fine. I'm okay with it because I enjoy what they have been doing with her and where they're putting her. And she's just having a ball playing that character. Let her go. Let her do what she's got to do. Absolutely. And it's nice to see somebody who is such a newcomer. Like, yeah. her only resume, as you'll hear during the review, is being Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And it's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, the, jo the joke is, you know, she went from cosplaying as Ms. Marvel to being Ms. Marvel. And it works, though. Yeah. It works. Diesel, your top three. All right. Coming in at number three, we're going outside of our own little uh, world here. We're going with Mantis. Oh, okay. okay. That's I like good. I, I really like the Mantis storyline throughout the Guardians movies and where she yes. wound up her, where her arc ended was really well done. Very underrated. Very underrated. Uh, coming in at number two, I were also going with one of the newcomers, Kate Bishop. I also really love the Hawkeye series yeah. and I'm super excited to see where they're going with that. Absolutely. And then three for three with the, her being on the list, Ms. Marvel herself, Kamala Khan. She is just such a refreshing yes. 
new take on the MCU, which I makes me extremely happy. Yeah, I like I said when I put the other two in front of her, it's only because you know we're talking complete bodies of work. She has the possibility <laughs> towards the end of this of being the number one. Yeah, and I think that. Honestly, it's awesome that, that she's come from the world she has to coming to this character and it's brought a lot. And for somebody who has not been like acting, if you will, for a long time, she's slaying it. So gotta yeah. give her all the credit in the world. Well, that's the end of this week's top three. Give us uh, go to 3fnpodcast.com, find out the social medias. If you don't already follow us, follow us. Tell us what your top three was this week as well. Now that we've entered exited Diesel's movie, triple stuff, it's time to jump right on into Welcome to Three F Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, book certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it's now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And as you already know this week, the review is the MCU's newest installment. That, of course, is The Marvels. And uh, as we jump in, uh, as a quick reminder for those of you who may have forgotten, or for anybody who's joining us for the first time, and if you are joining us for the first time, thank you for stopping by. Hopefully you enjoy and you check out some other reviews and stuff that we have, because uh, we always like to have new faces come along. And for all of you who have been with us for a while, we love you too. Guess what? Though, if you uh, need a little help, when we do new movies, we do split the uh, show into two pieces. There will be a break in between to clarify them completely. So first up will be the spoiler-free portion and that will include diesel spoiler free synopsis followed by the stats of the movie including who made the movie who starred in the movie and so on and so forth and ended with a thumbs up thumbs in the middle or thumbs down or a spoiler free recommendation then we will take a break on the other side of the break we will give you one last warning before we enter into the full spoiler portion which will include our full spoiler review of the marvels followed by the scores around the internet which we uh, give by playing the game and then finally giving our score for the marvels gentlemen are you ready to dive into the spoiler-free portion of today's show? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right, Diesel, I believe... Man, I got a story to tell. All right. When the powers of the three Marvel characters, Kamala Khan, Ms. Uh, uh, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and... Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau get inexplicably linked, they must team up together to stop the Kree from taking over multiple planets to suit their needs. By the way, this is not a spoiler at all, but it is hard to know as like comic book fans the fact that the character is technically called it's named in the comic books Photon, but it's yeah. not MCU canon, so therefore it's still just Captain Monica Rambo. Yeah. Just so yeah, everybody but, knows, and it's not a spoiler. It's just it's been something that's been going on yeah. for a while now. So uh, just bringing you up to speed. That's why Diesel had a little pause there. <laughs> as comic book fans were like, "Well, it's fucking Photon. We know it's, it's photon, photon, but they're just playing their hand." You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, with that, the Marvels was released on November tenth of twenty twenty three with a runtime of one hundred and five minutes. That's one hour forty five minutes for those of you uh, that convert it. 
And I will say this makes it one of the shortest entries in the MCU, and I, I fucking applaud them for that. Thank you. Not everything has to be a three-hour, two-and-a-half-hour uh, drama. It, you no. can just do a nice little sub-two-hour movie. Uh, the budget of this film was estimated at $220 million. It's opening weekend domestically. Heard Diesel say already got $47 million. Worldwide, it's made $88.5 million, but it has not been opened completely worldwide yet. So we'll see what it holds in the next few weeks. I do anticipate it to make its money back. Oh, yeah. In plus some. All right. Now that we know those stats, it's time to find out who made this shit. And of course, the director of this film is a newcomer to directing, but I love her work. It is Nia DaCosta. Da uh, Nia DaCosta, first movie that she did in 2018 was Little Woods. And the only other movie on her resume is a movie that won my horror movie of the year in 2021. And that was a movie called Candyman. That was the uh, requel to the, the original Candyman movie that her and Jordan Peele put together. Tremendous. I can't wait to see more of her. I know there's she's taking some hits on this film, but we'll talk about that later when we get to the review. Uh, by the way, Nita Costa was also a screenwriter on this film, as she has been with all of her movies. Uh, also joining her in the screenwriting duties was Megan McDonald. Uh, the only other, this is her first major motion picture. The only other thing she wrote for, WandaVision. So she did right. work for okay. the, uh, Marvel before. And the other writer is Alyssa Karasik and Alyssa, uh, the only, she's never done a movie. This was her first major movie as well, but she did something for the MCU as well in Loki. Both seasons one yes. and two, she wrote some of the episodes. So both of them are familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, doing their first movie. So a lot of young talent in this movie. Next up, uh, this person is uh, kind of the vet holding it together. The director of photography, Sean Bobbitt. Sean Bobbitt's first film, Wonderland, in 1999. But uh, he did a lot of TV and video games and such. But uh, let's talk about some other movies he did. 12 Years a Slave. The Old Boy remake, the American remake with Josh Brolin. Rock the Casbah with Bill Murray. And most recently, Judas and the Black Messiah. Nice. So very nice. good work on the hands of Sean Bobbitt. Nice. Uh, he's still a young uh, director of photography, but he's done some pretty big things. Yes. And last but certainly not least, the composer of this film, and we love our composers, and the composer for this movie would be Laura Cartman. And Laura has had a like a little more of a low-key career. Started it off with a movie called Lovers Not in 1995. But uh, she did The Sandlot 2, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Junior, <laughs> so yes it's always been the sequels it was my joke there uh, in a movie called Pray Away but she does have ties into the MCU as she has uh, she was a composer for What If and okay. Ms. Marvel right. so the Ms. Marvel show and the What If show she both did those so coming into this movie I think she has a little bit of uh, chops there if you will alright now that we've gotten past who uh, made the movie it's time to find out who the stars were the love of god will someone please punch me in the face so i can see some scars all right so there's not a lot of deep dive we have to do because a lot of the deep dives are cameos that we will not be reviewing yeah. in the spoiler free <laughs> portion folks because there is about four <laughs> big spoiler ones that what? were during the movie uh so with that being said let's just talk about the stars of the film and of course starring as carol danvers aka captain marvel would be brie larson brie larson started her career in 1999 in movies that is not television but we just do movies here special delivery also she uh would then uh, get a little bit noticed because scott pilgrim versus the world she was then in 21 jump street the gambler train wreck kong skull island the first captain marvel film avengers endgame just mercy which that was a really good film with uh michael b jordan oh yeah, yeah if you yeah. haven't seen that diesel you should check it out that's right up your alley but she was also in diesel's favorite movie of the year thus far fast x <laughs> oh that's right she was yes yeah, she was she was so good in it too and then next up we have Ta uh, tanya paris 
playing Monaco Rambo. Uh, should also be Photon, but hey, you know we already talked about it. But Captain Monica Rambo, get it right. Uh, first movie she ever did. How do you know? In 2010, uh, Dear White People. If Beale Street could talk, she was in Candyman, obviously, and also, of course, we remember her the first time she played Monica Rambo, WandaVision, yep. which does play a part in this film because obviously we need to know how we got to where we got. Uh, next up, and I mentioned it earlier, and she made all of our lists, Iman Valani playing Kamala Khan. Of course, the only other thing she's ever done was the Ms. Marvel TV show. Uh, she's, her only thing is Ms. Marvel. I hope she does a lot more. I think that she's a really good actress. I know there's some people who have taken their shots, but guys, I don't know how you could hate her. She's no, great. She's having so much fun. So good. Let's talk about a guy who I'm not going to list off all of his credits, but Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury. Of course, we'll save the time he's been in all the Marvel films because he was there even in the beginning in the first Iron Man film. Well, the post scene, if you will. Yes. But uh, let's talk about where he started. Together for days in 1972. But then you remember, hitting big in the 80s, school days, coming to America, do the right thing, juggle fever, juice, Jurassic Park, Pulp Fiction, Die Hard with a Vengeance, A Time to Kill. Diesel, what, do you, uh, you, what is your takeaway from that movie? Yes, I hope they die, and I hope they burn in hell. Thank you, <laughs> Jackie Brown. The Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Sorry, Mace Windu. Uh, Deepest, bluest. My hat is like a sharp fin. We always mention Deep Blue Sea when we can. Shaft, Basic, which is one of our favorite movies. Uh, I think all of us. Yeah. Which we have to review at some point, Judge yeah, for a it's review. It's been so long since I've seen it. And then I skipped a bunch of them because he's been in fucking everything, folks. He's got almost three hundred credits to his name. His last movie he did before this was The Kill Room, by the way. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's been in all the MCU films. It was at least a cameo. He's been in all the MCU shows, pretty much. At least a cameo. Uh, we've listed I didn't list off all of them there's so many movies that you could list Black Snake Moan uh, also you know Snakes on the Motherfucker he literally plane. took on King Kong himself yes Kong Skull Island he was in that with Brie Larson if it's a Tarantino movie he's probably in it if it's a Django if it's a Spike uh uh, Spike Lee. Lee movie, he's probably in it. If it's a Marvel movie, he's definitely in it. He is in everything, and he's still not in enough. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, he's given his voice to to anime because yep. yep. he did Black Samurai. He also did the anime version of Black Dynamite, dude. We could be here all day. We could just do a podcast listing off the things that Samuel L. Jackson has done. We love Sam Jackson, and of course, in honor of Sam Jackson, uh, just gotta drop a motherfucker because that's what he <laughs> that's what he would do. Snakes on the plane. Yes. Well, yes. Well, I said that snakes on. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Have you ever seen the edited version of that? Uh, no. It's it's bad. I can it's only bad. imagine. Uh, so last but not least, sorry, playing the villain of this movie, which is Darben, would be Zowie Austin or Ashton. Sorry, uh, she's mostly a British actress. Uh, first movie, Saint Saint. Trianon's 2, The Legend of Fritton's Gold in 2009, uh, but she made it huge here in the States with uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, which was on Netflix. Okay. Great movie, by the way. Uh, check it out. Uh, Diesel, yeah, mostly mostly British stuff, though. Well, the the first title, though, like when you got to the you know the colon part, was like, oh, you got to drop the electric boogaloo, because that's the perfect title for it. Although, like, <laughs> you know what I kept thinking when I saw it? I kept thinking of City Slickers 2. The Legend of Curly's yeah. Gold. <laughs> I was like, they just stole that. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. If I said that wrong, I'm sorry because, yeah, I, I've never. I'm not familiar with that movie, but maybe we should check it out. She was really good in this movie, as far as her acting goes. We'll talk about the rest of it later. But before we can dive into the spoiler section, which we'll take a break before, we've got to give all of you people who are going to tune out before then, because you don't want the movie spoiled. We got to give you our recommendation. So we're going to do it right now. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down. 
spoiler-free recommendation with a spoiler-free why. Starting with Ron, what is your thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation? Uh, thumbs up for this movie. It is definitely a fun watch. It's not getting the hype that it should because of the strike ending uh, past the premiere, basically. Um, but you should see this movie. Diesel. Uh, two thumbs up. I had a great time watching this movie. I thought the story itself was pretty good. And again, all the love in the world for Miss Kamala Khan because that character is invigorating the MCU right now. Yes. I'm going to say this. I'm also going to read you guys with a thumbs up. This is a highly entertaining film. I've seen the critics out there. Like I said, I try to stay off the internet for this reason. I've seen it. A lot of them, you know, they use that term MCU, you know, huh? you know, women power. They're shoving, it down, they're shoving it down your throat. It's like, no, guys, believe it or not. If you actually watch this movie, you'd understand, yes, there's women in the lead. And that's okay. You can have women lead a movie just like we had Barbie. That's fine that women are in charge and they're in the movies. That's fine, okay? I'm sorry that doesn't fit in your perfect world for whoever those people are. But here's the thing. I don't think that they were ever didactive in this film. The, all the characters, and I'm going to say this, and this is spoiler free, and we'll dive into it more in the spoiler full part. I think all the characters were more complex in this movie. Yeah. The original Captain Marvel left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. It was pretty much a Nick Fury film with a flurkin. Yes. And I feel like in this movie, we got to see a little bit more of Carol Danvers and who she is and what she's doing. We got to see a peek behind who Monica Rambeau is and what makes her tick. And then you had Kamala Khan and and that was just the, the thing that tied it all together. And you, you had a little drama, but at the end of the day, you saw how a team would be a team. And and that's, I think, what the, the whole fucking point of the movie is. Was this the best entry in the MCU? No. But it's definitely not the worst entry. It's definitely closer toward, you know, it's 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 more, you know, towards the top end than it is the bottom end, I would say, all that's fucking Definitely day. top ten, possibly top five. Well, yeah, you're giving I'll a little be, bit be, more away that I'm going to give honest. away for the spoilers-free part. But yeah. I'm just saying... I think that this movie is definitely not on the bottom end. So when you hear people bashing it, you're just kind of like, did you really watch the movie? Or are you just upset that there's women in the key roles again? Because I feel like that comes up every time because there was those haters for Barbie. And I'm like, there's no way you saw Barbie and didn't think that was a great fucking movie. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Uh, so I just throwing it out there. Once again, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You know, write it in. Send the hate mail. Uh, the, I think it's still the old email, right, Diesel? What's that uh, email address? 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. There you go. Send the hate there or the social medias, and we'll probably just laugh about it like the guy who, uh, <laughs> who sent us the, the email about how, how dare we say Idris Elba should be James Bond. Anyways, <laughs> you'll join that party. Uh, so with that being said, folks, uh, we are going to take our break. When we come back from the break, we're going to jump into the full spoiler review of The Marvels. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know, I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you. Just like you. I don't like that name. Jason, 
Of course, that is a uh, clip from the Marvels. And speaking of the Marvels, we are about to jump into the full spoiler review of the Marvels. But before we do that, we're going to give you one final warning. That's right. If you have not seen the Marvels and you do not want the movie spoiled, this is your time to stop the podcast. Go ahead, see the movie, and then come back and hear what we had to say about it. However, if you decide to stay on at this point in juncture, it is not our fault if things get spoiled, because that is admitting that either you have seen the movie or you don't care about the movie being spoiled. So, we are going to enter the spoiler full zone right about... Now, all right, all right. So what we do in the spoiler full section, uh, just as a reminder, is we don't go through the whole movie. We just kind of do the framework of the film before giving our likes and dislikes. And then, of course, playing the game to find out the scores from around the Internet before finally giving our scores. So, gentlemen, are you ready to jump into the full spoiler review of the Marvels? Yes. All right. So I'm just going to throw it out there. We usually get this out of the way right up front. Of course, with any major budget movie like this, I, well, I shouldn't say any because there was 65 and there was some <laughs> questionable CGI or The Flash. But let's be honest, this movie looks amazing like most MCU films do. Uh, the soundtrack, as you could hear, we got a little bit of Missy Elliott remix on there. Of course, some Intergalactic was on there. And of course, the regular score itself was very good. Uh, if you uh, yeah. are familiar with Ms. Marvel, the actual television show, once again, the same lady did did that show, composed that show, composed this. So very, very similar stuff going on there, which is awesome because I really did dig that sound. Uh, on top of that, you know, so all the technical stuff I can say, the boxes were checked. We'll say that ahead of time before we even get to the likes and dislikes. So this movie kind of is, um, I want to say, it's kind of been like the year of the hot open. And this one isn't quite 100% hot open we get uh, though a little throwback to the ms marvel tv show i love the uh, fanfic uh, drawings yes yeah. so we get a nice the, the opening of this movie you know we get a little little of a cold open kind of uh, you know we get caught up about certain things but then we kind of get really caught up through the fan fiction book of uh one kamala khan and uh, that's how we get start off the movie kind of get the opening credits as well out of the way which i thought was kind of ingenious in its yeah. own way yes and of course the whole time her overprotected parents are like, what are you doing up there? And she's like, science homework. That doesn't sound like science. And, uh, so, and after all this happens, uh, we've in between this, we've been seeing some looks at our big bad, which it, w- it would be uh, uh, on a planet where they've dug something up. And Ron, what do they dig up? The second bangle from... Kamala, that Kamala Khan has. Yeah, so, so it's uh, it's used to create rifts, basically. Yeah, so Darbin, who is now the pseudo leader of the Kree. Yeah, because I don't think they're fully on board until after some of this. Yeah, she's like but, the Ronin. She's like the heretical leader, yeah. essentially. And let's kind of give it a little background because we'll kind of skip, a, like, not ahead, but uh, the way to give it a background. Basically, after 
Carol Danvers destroys uh, the Supreme Intelligence, uh, there's a civil war for the Kree, and it doesn't turn out well. They burn up their atmosphere, which uh, freezes their oceans. Uh, they can barely breathe the air. Yep. And so in this desolate world, uh, Darben has kind of risen as the conqueror of the, the, the warlords, if you will, and is now trying to win the people completely over by saving uh, Hala. The planet Hala. Yes. So, basically, in the beginning of this movie, she finds the bangle, and once she finds the bangle, she can create these rifts. Uh, we find out later on in the movie, which, once again, I'll skip around just so we can get like the basics, that there's only X amount of natural rifts in the uh, universe. And if you start to add too many, it can just cause what uh, is described by, Doctor, or by Captain Monica Rambeau as an earthquake yes. and fuck everything up and destroy space-time. So that's the problem they're working against with her because she doesn't, A, know this, and B, doesn't she doesn't care. give a shit doesn't because care. she's just trying to save her planet. So she opens a riff, and when she does, and we get that opening, that riff opening is seen by Captain Rambeau, who is working at the uh, at the newly... Uh, saber. Sorry, saber. it's not it's sword saber. in this. Yeah. It's a saber. Yeah, saber. I almost that's said right. sword. Uh, at the saber station, which in comic books it would be sword but whatever yeah, yeah. whatever saber uh she's working at the saber station with nick fury and nick fury also contacts one carol danvers who is out in the middle of fucking nowhere because that's what carol danvers yeah. does her and goose are just chilling chilling <laughs> living their best life if you will <laughs> so well out there there's this interference and then we get a little bit of uh we find out when somebody uses their powers between the three main characters what happens diesel they or their powers are entangled, so when they all use them at the same time, they switch spots in space and space, not space and time, just space. So, different areas, they use their powers at the same time, unbeknownst to them, they're marrying around, they don't know where they're going to wind up. Yes. <laughs> so, before the big, before any bad guys get involved, basically, uh, Captain Marvel is trying to check out what's going on where they're mining this uh, this bangle, which ends up being the bangle. And so, when she's there, she ends up switching with Kamala Khan and going through a, a, a door, a closet door. Yeah. And Kamala Khan ends up there, and then Monica Rambeau uses hers, and then they swap. And yeah. uh, we get a funny scene where Kamala Khan is like floating through space in a spacesuit <laughs> and sees Nick Fury for the first time and fangirls out. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, is this Mon a venture test? <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, Monica Rambeau is like, "Oh shit, these uh, Cree guards are on to me." And uh, Carol Danvers has to explain to the cons why she's in their house. <laughs> so it's kind of a lot of fun. They end up keep swapping, and we end up getting into there's a little scuffle. So they're swapping in and out because they don't know what's happening at this point in juncture. Although Monica Rambeau puts it together quite yeah. quite quickly, but she's very smart. That's why. And she can see all the different lights. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if we get the explanation. I can see light. Carol can produce light. And, uh, of course, Kamala can do something I've never seen before. She can turn uh, light into objects. Yeah. Any object she wants. And uh, which is pretty cool. And she's like, I'll show you. And of course, when she shows her, they swap places. Because once again, if one of them uses their powers, they swap with another person. Yep. If all three of them are using their powers, it can get real messed up. So that's the first part of it. So now they have to be a, this ragtag team. And there's a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a little bit of uh, friction between Monica Rambeau and Carol Danvers. Of course, that's Monica's Aunt Carol. However, the problem is, what, Ron? Uh, that... Uh Carol hasn't come back <laughs> and to talk to Monica after the death of Monica's mother. Well, of course, Monica got blipped. Yeah. When she comes back from being blipped, her yeah. mother had died from cancer. And in that meantime, 
you know, she's never seen her aunt since she was a little girl when we yeah. saw it in the first Captain Marvel movie. So she's got a little, uh, she's a little, little pissed off with her aunt Carol. Yeah, when when Carol said that she'd be she'd be right back, and she never came back after all these years. Monica harbors a little bit of a grudge. I mean, let's be honest. She, I think she deserved to have that grudge. She got blipped, and then her mother died. <laughs> she, her feelings are valid. We'll, we'll put it that. <laughs> it's true, though. And then meanwhile, you have Kamala Khan just being fangirl of the year because obviously she worships Captain Marvel, and her and Monica become friendly really quickly. And they have this scene, which is kind of wild. I love how, uh, to make it feel better... Captain Marvel tells them that, hey, we got to get in tune to see if we can fix some of this stuff. So we're going to use these head headbands that uh, the Kree use for torture. <laughs> and I don't want to like, put that on. What? Torture? She's like, yeah, it makes you go inside your head. And, you know, you can fit, you know, it makes you see things that you might not want to face. And I, I wear it every night because I want to find out, you know, what happened. I don't remember the years that I was gone. Yeah. And so they were just like, you're fucking insane. But they end up doing it. And it's funny because we kind of get like, I liked how they did this part of it. I got to be honest, because you kind of get everybody's backstory real quick. Yeah. So yeah. what everybody's been up to. So Kamala Khan, it shows kind of like what happened to her post the show, like post the Ms. Marvel show where she's dealing with, hey, I'm a superhero, but I'm just a fangirl at heart. A, but B, she, you know, great power comes great responsibility. Can I be that you know great responsibility person, right? Right. Monica Rambeau, of course, dealing a lot with her mother and the death of her mother, and you know, once again, like you said, her problems with her aunt yeah. because her mom died, and, and the broken promises. And Carol, of course, it kind of flips into what Carol did <laughs> with the uh, supreme intelligence, uh, which you know, obviously, that's where she gets the nickname, the Annihilator. Uh, so in the meantime, though, and I don't know if it's done on purpose. They don't really say because she says, I'm sorry. It was I didn't mean that it shows what kind of happened between, uh, you know, Monica Rambeau's mom and Carol. Well, Monica was blipped yeah. and she tells she, uh, of course, Carol comes home. She's not there because she got blipped. And she says, you know, Monica's mom says, hey, I've, I've got cancer. It's come back. I don't have much time. I need you to give this stuff to my daughter. She'll be back. You know, and she's like, well, we don't know what the blip was and we don't know if they'll ever be back and yada, yada, yada. And she's like, you'll beat this like you did last time. So you do it yourself. And she's like, no, you don't understand. It's not going to work that way. I'm, right. I'm not going to make it this time. Because when, when Monica blips, her mom is in the hospital from that first bout of cancer that she does beat. This time she doesn't beat it. So when she comes back and she's dead, it's because she was dead. She, she didn't make it the second time. Monica doesn't necessarily know that at first. But she finds it out here. And the nice part is it does start the healing a little bit. Yeah. It, it's a, they all go inside their own heads and have these realizations, but they all see it together. Which was a really nice moment after, you know, Monica's like, all right, take this off, take this off. I'm done. And Kamala just comes up and hugs them. And then, like, beckons Carol over, like, yeah. hug her, hug her. Yeah. <laughs> she was, like, the heart of this. <laughs> yes. But then the best part about this is I, I love the montage. I'm going to be honest. I love this montage oh, yeah. where they start learning how to use their combined powers. So they start timing it out to how, you know, hey, we can use this as a benefit. One of us can attack, and then we can dip out and switch out and, yeah. and use our strengths against people. So it shows them doing stuff like jumping rope, you know, yeah. and, and switching spots and yeah. juggling and switching Walk, spots. Walking with books and, on your heads. Yeah. And switching spots and skipping. Yeah. And, and it was kind of fun. I, thought, I was good with it. You know, as they're getting better, as at first it's funny because they keep dropping the stuff, but then they get better at it, and you're like, okay, they've learned what they're doing. And that's going to bring us to, you know, hey, we got to find out where 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 Darben's going. 
obviously she's you know they find like hey why did she go to this planet where there was scroll refugees which we forgot to yeah. put in there she goes to a scroll refugee pit she opens up a rift and she ends up stealing the atmosphere so they can bring air back to Hala. but they don't know that she did that at the time they're like well why she do that and they saved as many of the refugees as, as possible which there does a spot where there's they leave behind people and or scrolls i should say and kamala khan's like we can't leave them and carol's like we have to yeah we gotta save who we we can if we can't we have to save who we can it's a tough decision but we have to do it and you kind of see them get a little rough with her but of course they they talk back to you know they you know it kind of builds you kind of see a nice growth from kamala khan throughout the movie yeah uh so when they finally get a space because that's going to lead us to one of the first things and i sorry i skipped over it one of the first big cameos is She's talking to the emperor of the scroll, and she's like, he's like, why did you, you know, and he's, she's like, I didn't intend on any of this. This is all an accident. This is not a, a purposely done thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're doing the best we can. I, f- I found you a place. I called a friend and I found you a place. And then all of a sudden you hear Monica go incoming and we get to see what, Ron? The light bridge from uh, New Asgard, basically. Yes. And who is on the other end of it? Valkyrie. That's right. Tessa Thompson makes a cameo appearance as Valkyrie. That was pretty awesome. King Valkyrie. King yes, Valkyrie. King Valkyrie. Because as we remember from Thor: Love and Thunder, she is now the king. Yep. Of uh, of New Asgard, wearing a sensible pantsuit. And she was very wearing a well. She likes her sensible yeah. pantsuits, as she says. So I, I thought that was a cool role of Tessa Thompson coming in. I always like seeing her in movies. Yeah. That was a cool, quick cameo. I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. Yeah, we like, find first, out that uh, her and uh, Carol have. A little something they're not ready to talk about yet, but there's <laughs> definitely something there. Uh, yeah, I, I was all about that. I was all about that for some reason. Anyways, moving ahead. But we got the scrolls going into a new place. They're going to go live on New Asgard under the protection of King Valkyrie. Yes. So they're safe. We're moving on. So they're trying to figure out where Darben's going to go next. They're like, okay, we now figured out that she stole. Why'd she open the rift? Okay, she stole oxygen for her. She's repairing Hala. Where could she go next? So they end up going to a planet that's covered 90, what was it? 96.4% by water. And Carol's like, it's going to get a little weird down here. Just just go with it. Just go with it. And so what she means by this is that, first of all, the people, the the wonderful people welcome them so beautifully. Because this this, uh, specific race of uh, aliens, if you will, because they look like humans, but they're aliens. Uh, they the, the way they communicate diesel is how their language is song. Yes. So everything is in song and dance. <laughs> so everything's in song, and if you just speak normal, they can't comprehend what you're saying. But if you sing it, they know exactly yes. what you're saying. And then run through their song. What do we find out about Carol and these fine folks? Well, she is the princess. Yes, <laughs> she is the princess because she married the prince of yeah. this of this uh, of this planet because of some legal issues. <laughs> yeah, some legal issues. It's not no ma- nothing major. Is yeah. is more for convenience. Know, yeah, was, uh, convenience. And it was a political thing. <laughs> yes, uh, that is Prince Yan, played by Park Xiao Jun. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, I, I'm going to say this right now. This is the time where I kind of was like, they could have literally put in that Park Xiao Jun. Uh, was gay and it wouldn't have been egregious like the the carol because when cause she keeps bringing up a legal matter a legal matter a legal matter i think that they should have introduced the fact that possibly there because like a lot of times you can tell when they shoehorn shit in yeah but this would have been a natural yeah. one because obviously oh he needs a princess but you know you know yeah. this is not a society where they you know allow that or something you know they could have actually really tried to made a message in there that would have been good i would have much preferred that than the awkward scene between uh carol and uh valkyrie 
Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like you said, they felt like they shoehorned that yeah. in, but never went far enough. Yep. With Valkyrie and Carol. Yeah. But in this case, they could have actually not shoehorned it in and would have made all the sense in the fucking world. And he might not have been fully uh, gay because we have found out he's bilingual. He could have been bisexual. Yes. But either way, they could have championed it <laughs> yeah. without being didactic yeah. and without shoehorning and I thought it would have been a perfect spot that is one of the things I think that they missed here instead of shoehorning something in. I'm just saying maybe other people don't agree because you know whatever but that's on you I just think that they could have actually put a cool message in here without actually like stretching for it yeah. do you know what I mean it, it kind of would have fit naturally yeah so basically they say hey listen Darben's coming the Kree are coming oh I know they set up a meeting with me yeah well they're gonna steal your fucking water so we're going to stop them. So you're going to let them in, and then we're going to fucking take her out. And, of course, that leads to one of the many battles in this movie. By the way, the fight scenes in this movie are really good, I, in my opinion. Yeah, and before the Kree come, um, they they sing them a gift of new wardrobe. Yes, yes. So they all end up yeah. in their pretty much their new but comic-inspired clothing. So <laughs> yes. Captain Marvel is in the classic Captain Marvel outfit, pretty much a little updated. Uh, Kamala Khan is not in her... Uh, outfit from the show but more looks like the one from the comic books yep. and then of course I love my favorite is Captain Mar uh, Captain Rambeau aka Photon is in the <laughs> Photon outfit including <coughs> those weird wings, fucking yeah, wing flaps. things and then she rips them off and is like no these look weird yeah. I just thought, I love the line and I think uh, that anybody who's a comic fan should have caught that line like oh shit she looks just like Photon and then she took the little wing things off however I will say this one of the best parts of that fight scene Kamala Khan is running around and she's trying to not use her powers to not switch out yeah. and she's like I'm weaponless but was she weaponless? no as the prince told her, use the scarf. And she is messing people up with the scarf. And we, we got to just uh, speak of the fact that the reason she doesn't want them to use Kamala Khan's powers is they realize that she... Um, Darben has the matching bangle, so they kind of want to keep her out of sight. Yeah, she, they don't want her to know that she has the bangle because she wants both bangles. Yes. And I've always thought this is weird, and I, I, I mean, I, I like how they've done it in the show and stuff, but I've always thought it's weird that... Let's just let's kind of use a word here. Kamala Khan, for lack of better term, is a mutant. Her yeah. powers aren't reliant on the bangle, yeah. uh, and some people forget that. And I think they did a good job later in this movie of reminding people that it's kind of like the Wolverine thing. Everybody thinks Wolverine's power is his animanium. No, no, no. His power is regeneration. That's why he can have the animanium come out of his yeah. skin, yeah, or in the bone claws if you go back far enough. But you know. The whole point of the matter is is that I think that people get confused on her power. Yeah. So she doesn't need the bangle for the power. It does help. It, it amplifies her powers. It makes her, her yeah. stronger. It brings out whatever's inside of her more, which yeah, we find that's, that's what we're going to find out with the other stuff. Yeah, that's what you found out in the show is that the bangle actually technically activated her. Mutant. Right. They activated it. But after yeah. that, all it does is kind of make yeah, her yeah, stronger. Yeah. But if she has no bangle, she still has powers. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to see that later with the bangles. I, I think that that's another thing I think that they did a, a bat or a worse job on, and we'll get to dislikes, is they could have explained the bangles a little better. A little better. Uh, we'll go ahead into that. But uh, as we move forward, uh, Darben learns two things here. A, she does steal some water before they stop her, which she doesn't get all the water, so that's a good news. But she also finds out about the other bangle. Yep. So she, uh, they, they escape. The Marvels escape. By the way, that was one of the first scenes where they called them. Uh, Kamala Khan had said earlier that they should be the Marvels. And they, she even tries to name Monica Rambeau. My personal favorite was Professor Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
at this point, Junction, it's weird though because they call it out a little quick because when they're singing them in, they introduce them as the Marvels. Yeah. Uh, so they get away, and as they get away, they think about it and basically like, well, where is she going to go? And Carol has the realization of what Diesel that Darben is going after the planets that are important to Carol because she is the annihilator of Hala. So she wants to take from Carol which she has taken from her. So the scroll planet where they had taken them, so they had sanctuary, that was important because Carol's the one that helped save them. Yeah. It was important. The, the, the ocean-covered planet was important because obviously Carol was the princess of that planet. What's the only other planet that she has connection to? Earth. That's right, because she's from Earth. And so uh, what is she... Uh, in the meantime, we're having a little bit of issue on the Saber station, if you will, because that's the best I can call it. And what is that issue, Ron? What's the issue happening on the Saber station? They, they find what? They find these red things that they can't explain. They're just everywhere. Red growth of something. They don't know if it's biological in nature, but then all of a sudden it's like there's a throwback like, to Star Trek with the Tribbles. And then it's like... <laughs> They're all over. There's like 37 of them. <laughs> and they have no idea what they are, and they discover what they are while the Saber Station is basically under attack from all... Well, it's not under attack from any villains. It's under attack from these rifts are now starting to cause a tear in space and time. Yes. So as it's under that, these things uh, hatch, if you will. And Diesel, what do they hatch? We get the most beautiful flock <laughs> of beautiful baby florkins. So baby kittens with... <laughs> tentacles that can come out of their mouth and take you in like a bag of holding. I love the first time Kamala Khan sees Goose eat something and she just loses it. <laughs> oh you my god! You see in the trailer, she's like, oh! Ah! <laughs> so cute. So, basically, now the ship has been knocked out. Their, their pod, their escape pods have been knocked down to like three. So they're like, how are we going to get all these people off the ship? And there is an ingenious plan that goes down. Ron, what is the ingenious plan that one Nick Fury comes up with to get all the people off of the ship in the three escape pods? Use all the Flarkins to eat as many people as they can to spit them out afterwards. Because they can fit a lot more cats inside of the yeah. escape pods than they can humans. <laughs> Because they're kittens, so they don't take up much room. So, of course, the as as our heroes, the Marvels, come back, they start helping. And my favorite is Kamala Khan chasing down, like, five people with one kitten. Yeah. And it's just like, yep, I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. Like, she keeps apologizing as it's, she's yeah. just pointing and, it at it like a no, gun. Yeah, nobody, nobody's really down with this plan because they think they're going to be eaten. Yes. So, uh, they, you know, a little bit of fun there. They do escape. They end up uh, in Jersey City. Yep. And uh, it's funny because there's, like, a guy sitting in the yard. I think he's just, like, hanging out. And uh, he gets freaked out as soon as he sees these kittens come out of these things spitting people out. <laughs> so people are coming out. And, of course, not everybody on the Saber ship is of human descent. Yes. No. There are some aliens as well. So this guy is watching humans and aliens get spit out of these these kittens. And I can only assume that that ruined his day. Uh one of the small subplots is Kamala's family is with Saber up on the spacecraft. And one of the earliest scenes I really enjoyed, though, was her father talking to the one guy about his retirement plan. <laughs> he was like, well, how old are you? I was like, I'm 300 years old. Oh, well, 306, yeah. <laughs> 306. He's like, oh, you, you start young. How old are you? You got to be a young man. Oh, yeah, I'm 306 years old. Oh. Uh, I, there was a fun fan theory that uh, from some of our friends that uh, that's Hamdel's son. Because it, okay. it does, it does kind of. He looked like as guardian because he had the the braids and the yep. beard. So yep. I don't know, maybe. So uh, moving along, now that we've gotten everybody off of this the saber station, they discover what is she going to steal from Earth Diesel? Uh, 
Crap, I don't remember. Right? The sun. Oh, the sun, yeah. <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie, we saw they, like this weird globule entity. Right. And yeah, they need to restart the, the sun in their solar system. So basically, she's going to steal their sun. So now the Marvels have to go towards the sun to stop her from stealing the sun because obviously that's going to create calamity on Earth. So they get out there, and that's where we get the big final battle between Darben and the Marvels. And at one point in Juncture, you know, after they fight for a little bit, and of course the three of them tagging in and out and doing all the cool stuff, which I did think was really yeah. cool. At one point in Juncture, Darben goes down because she accidentally gets impaled on a uh, staff <laughs> uh, as things fall. And in the process, she's just basically going at, basically talking shit to Carol. Like, you did this. You're the annihilator. You didn't think of anything but yourself when you, you took things out and you destroyed and, and Hala's the way it is because of you. And, of course, you know, Carol admits that this is weighs on her. Yeah. That this yeah. is something that's been weighing on her because she feels bad. She did what she thought was right, and it, it wasn't right necessarily. And it's, th- it's there when Monica Rambeau says, but you can make this right. You can restart their sun. You have a power. You're, you're powerful enough that it's just the sun is stopped. The core is stopped moving. You could go and hit it and spin it, and it would restart their sun. And she was like, if she does that, you know, there's no reason to continue fighting. So Darben agrees to it. And then uh, is when they let her up, what happens, Diesel? Oh, you know, you, you gotta, you, when you're a villain, you got to act the role. So they, they let her up. They get the structure off her that's impaled her. And she goes right after the other bangle. And she goes full power up. She puts Ronin's hammer right up against uh, uh, Ms. Marver's head, head yeah. and says, hey, give me that bangle or else her head just dies. Yep. I crush her now. So she puts the other one on and it makes her super powerful. But Monica Rambeau goes, you know, that's not going to be, that's not good. You know, it's going to overpower. You're just going to die. And sure enough, she goes to use it and it uses it for a second successfully before she just explodes into pieces. (laughs) So she gets the dumbest death probably in the history of villains. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it was kind of lackluster. lackluster. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So the bangles end up coming back. Come on. So basically, Monica's like, "There's now a hole, but it's not a hole to take you to another part of the, the to our universe. Yeah, it's not a jump point. It's a mar- multiversal hole yeah. that is now the, our universe and their, their universe is sinking together." She's like, "The only way we can stop this is if we close the hole, and we might have enough power if Kamala, you put on both bands, use your power of light. Carol, you use your power of light. You shoot it directly into me." talking about Monica Rambeau, and I'm going to go and use that power to seal the hole from the inside. So they do this. She goes on the inside, and by the inside, that means into the other universe. And she and the other two don't figure out at the time that she's going on a suicide mission. Yeah, the entire time. You're just like, all right, so she's going to repair the hole. She's going to go to the other side. She's going to repair it. Well, if she's doing it from the other side and she's closing the hole, she's closing her exit from this right. other dimension. Right. So she's like, don't do anything. Don't do it. I got it. And of course, Carol tries to save the day, but the hole closes. So when we get Kamala and, and coming back on Carol's ship, you know, of course, she's sad because Monica's presumably dead. Yeah. Or if she's not dead, she's lost in another universe. Either yeah. way, it's the same kind of fate. And she tells, of course, she she ends up telling Fury. Her parents are, oh, we're so proud of you. You're a hero. They did that, gave her the speech before they left for the sun, too. And uh, they're like, so where's Carol? Well, she said she had some business to take care of. Now, I do know some people missed this in the movie. When she comes off of the, the, the ship, she only has one bangle on. The reason being is Carol has the other bangle. And Carol uses that to amplify her powers to start the yeah. the Hala Sun. So she does actually still keep her word, even though there was deceit. 
and three stars the sun, which now instead of being the annihilator, the people are like, "Oh, that's good." <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, it's kind of the reaction, right? Yeah. Oh, thanks. You know, you, kill, then, you killed our leader again, and you know, thanks. But at least you're giving us the sun back, and thanks. So and, and we've already stolen the atmosphere and the water. It's not like you can return them back. So we're good. We're good. Yeah, the planet's back to normal. So <laughs> I guess you're Captain Planet. Who knows? So the, that's going to take us to the end of the first portion of the movie, where we're in Louisiana. So we're at the Rambo house, which you know Carol would also uses her place from time to time. And we're moving in the cons because they lost their house in Jersey City due to uh, the fight between the Cree and in in the Marvels. So while we go there, we find out that basically Carol still has faith that Monica's out there somewhere. And it is definitely noticeable here that both Carol has a bangle and so doesn't Kamala. Yeah. So they are purposely keeping the bangles separate, although giving themselves both more power yeah. since they both have them. And I, th- I know some people missed over that. And I'm just like, that is kind of important. Yeah. They're both amplifying their powers, but also if they keep them separate, they can't fall to the one person. I mean, they trust each other, but they don't trust yeah. anybody else. And that's fine. That's the way it should yeah. be. So basically, at the end of the movie, Carol's kind of like, you know, they're having this conversation in the plane. She's like, I don't have the keys. Monica has them. And one day, you know, when she comes back, we can fly it. And she goes, uh, I have some ideas that I want to do. So we cut from there. And uh, we, we go back to what appears to be New York. And we see Kate Bishop entering inside of a... I don't know, like a, a, I would say a hideout, if yeah. you will. Her yeah. apartment, her, her safe apartment. house. Yeah, safe so, house or Hawkeye's safe so house. So Haley, Haley Stenfield makes yeah. a cameo as, as Kate Bishop in Sitting in the Dark, a la Nick Fury. It is not Nick Fury. Instead, it is who, Diesel? We have Miss Kamala Khan with the <laughs> saber clear iPad that she found in her family's couch. <laughs> and she is channeling her in her Nick Fury because she's setting up a team. Yeah, yep. she's setting up a team. So, of course, whether it will be the Young Avengers or if they call them champions, because the group in the comic books that uh, Kamala Khan leads is the uh, champions, yeah. which is the Young It's the same group. It's just a different name. So I don't know what they're going to call them officially, but they're finally getting that ball rolling. We knew they were kind of going there because they started putting those pieces together yeah. a while ago. This is kind of the official that we're getting that ball rolling, which I thought was really yeah. cool. And that's how the actual movie ends. But, of course, we have mid credit scene. Uh, we have a post-credit. Let's talk about it. The post-credit scene is not a scene. It's just we get to hear all the, the wonderful kitties, which probably made <laughs> or, Diesel very happy. We're, we're puking up the yes. bodies. Well, yeah. at first you hear them purring and meowing, and then, yes, they're puking up stuff. <laughs> uh, so that, that was the post. Yeah. But, a la Iron Man hearing the hammer hitting against the metal. Yeah. We got to hear the beautiful Florkin coughing up human balls. <laughs> but that's not the important one. The important one would come during the mid-credit. So in the mid-credits, we find out that Monica Rambeau is very much alive and in a hospital bed. And she wakes up in the hospital bed, and her mom is sitting at bedside. And, of course, uh, uh, Lashana Lynch makes her return to the the Rambeau row. But it isn't her mom. No. As she's like, Mom, I've missed you. There's so much. And she's crying. She's like, who are you? (laughs) And what? I don't understand what she's talking about. And you see her now talking to somebody else. And Monica Rambeau is just kind of like, what the fuck? And as the camera pans, Ron, what do we see? You see a white lab coat as it pans back. And you hear Kelsey Grammer's voice as Beast. That's right. Then you get 90 style Beast. (laughs) Well, you also get the the music. You get the 97 music again. Yep. And it is the Fox universe yeah, yeah. version of the the original yeah. version of the beast it's yeah. kelsey Grammer yeah. as the beast 
I thought this was awesome. Yeah. The crowd, mar- in my theater, the crowd marked for it. It was like, oh my God, because we've all been waiting for it to happen. And then the other reveal comes that this person we thought that was Monica Rambeau's mom nope. isn't her mom in this universe, because we're in a different universe, because uh, Hank McCoy tells us, hey, we're... We're in a different unit. She's from the only thing I can figure out is she's from somewhere else. She's from yeah. another in, in the multiverse. She's from a different universe. Yeah. So in her world, things are different. Yeah. But I think we can help her out. You know, kind of. You know, yeah. the normal. Charles wants things. something. I forget yeah, what she said. Charles wants to meet with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, after you know, he says something like, "After you're feeling better, Charles would like to meet with you." But we're we're yeah. here. We're here to basically assure her we're here to help you. You know, we're not here to not help you. And now she's like, okay, so this isn't my fucking mom. I got this blue dude that I've never seen before in my life <laughs> here. And it's revealed as her, the person who she confused for her mom re- takes off her like sweater that she's wearing. That underneath it, she's wearing a costume. And it is the costume of who, Ron, since you are uh, a comic book king. Bin- binary? It is no, binary. Uh, yeah. Only she's not all flamed up. In, no, the, no, in the no. comics, she's usually flamed up. But in that series... Yeah. Rambo is in a different universe binary. So they, I like yeah. how they brought that in. So we had the reveal of binary who is presumably an X-Men yeah. at this, in this universe. And of course that the mutants and the X-Men exist. So we were right all along, all of us fans and assuming that Kamala Khan was going to be the link between mutants and the MCU. Uh, but we just didn't think it was going to happen here. Yeah. But uh, I, I think as mid credit scenes go, this is a pretty awesome. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was very cool. And, it looked great. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't complain about any way, of this. Way anymore. better than X three BC. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, when they turn and it's him, I'm yeah. just like. In the, not to mention it's Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. I'm Kelsey, like, yeah, Kelsey Grammer's voice and the white lab coat and Beast looking like. And you just hear underneath. You hear the like as close to the '97 version cartoon Beast that you can get. But with, with Kelsey Grammer's with voice. With Kelsey Grammer's voice. But I, I just, and then, like I said, that 97 beat, I was like, and, and so instantly I'm kind of like, is this just going to tie into the 97 show we're getting? But that's animated. That's, yeah. I think this is how we end up with mutants in the, well, no, yeah. we, uh, my, my, my philosophy on it, I'll say it now before we go into like, like my philosophy on it is that uh, somehow during this multiversal thing, there's going to be a rift. That universe is going to be destroyed. And, and we'll find this out in one of the upcoming movies. And what they'll do is somehow... Uh, Photon, which hopefully Monica Rambeau will be full-on Photon by then. We'll figure out a way to get them out or uh, we'll bring in a, uh, America Chavez or somebody who can yeah. multiversal jump yeah. and they'll save the X-Men slash the mutants from yeah. d- being destroyed in this universe and bring them to our universe. And that's how we'll end up with without, without it being the ultimate universe, the same kind of thing, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's, yeah. it's going to be a little. They're going to borrow from that. Yeah, yeah. they're going to borrow from that secret, the second secret it, wars. Uh, yeah, and it also bring you know, also helps with Fantastic Four later, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there, there's a lot that can there's go There's a lot that's going to, this is going to kind of help this. I think this is going to bridge that, the gap there. A, that'll bring the mutants naturally into our world where they weren't before. And B, that'll help Yes. Gather things on, if you will. Uh, so I think this is actually, as long as it's handled well, I think this is a big bucket of win. Yeah. And as I've said before, I'm not going to dive too deep in it. It still salvages my hope for House of M at some point. I, I hope so. Because all I'm saying, all I want to see is I want to see down the line. It doesn't have to be in this phase. I want to see down the line something happen to Wanda's kids because they'll be part of the champions group. I want to see something happen to one of them or both of them. You know, maybe RIP, who knows. Uh, 
and a mutant just to be there that didn't it wasn't responsible necessarily but could actually you know didn't save the kid let it be speedball let it be speedball oh, do a pants <laughs> we were saying the same thing after dude the, let it be speedball that'd be amazing we were saying I, the same thing i'm all dude i'd be all in and then you should just end that movie with fucking wanda staring right down the cannon of the fucking red eyes fucking full scarlet witch just dead staring down the thing hold it for a second and then she just goes no more mutants and like you just go to black no, not fade to black you smash cut to black and yeah. that's the movie yeah and like you, you don't do a no, don't no. do a no mid credit scene yeah. you don't do nothing that's how you end the movie and that would be the perfect way to do house of m i'm just throwing it yeah. out there if you want to steal it marvel please do all <laughs> right so now that we've gotten past my fantasy booking that'd be speedball yes that would be awesome uh, there's a couple ideas we had come up with I'll, I'll give you two yeah. off air which some of them were just because the humor alone yeah, 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 would be yeah. funny uh, so anyways let's get dive in let's get back on track let's talk about likes and dislikes for this film now that we've gone through the skeleton of it and done some fantasy booking um, so let's start with likes I'm gonna start with Ron on this Ron what are some of your likes from the Marvels? I, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say it. Kamala Khan through this whole freaking movie. Like, we're just going to put it out there right straightforward. She made this movie. The family aspect. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Even her family made this movie. Like, I thought I thought it was going to be a little much. I, I'm not going to lie. I was going in low expectations. And when, once I saw how much her family was in it, I'm like, okay, well, we just got off of Miss Marvel series. And, and her family was a big part of that. That's fine. Thought it was going to be a little much in here. Nope. Comedy gold. Uh, Nick. Nick Fury dealing with them, trying to keep them all safe. Like everybody's trying to do all this stuff, and it's her family running around with the Larkins, not yeah. not anybody else. You know, and I will say this though: I also like I like the comedy of it, yeah. but I also like the growth in it. Yeah, because her family grow her family. There's a storyline where her yeah. family grows in accepting she's a superhero. Yes, and throughout the movie, she goes from being the fangirl, and I mean, there's still some of that in her. That's what yeah. makes her. That's what makes her such a. What's the word I'm looking for? That's what makes her such a glowing character. Yeah. Is that uh, even though she knows she has superpowers and she knows that she has to be a hero, she still keeps that love of being a fan yeah. inside of her heart. And that's what makes her so endearing to everybody else. That's why she's yeah. endearing. And I think during this movie, you saw her more become a superhero. Yeah. Like at the end when she's now taking the reins and saying, hey, I'm going to put together a young Avengers team or champions, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And we're going to start. And she's starting with Kate Bishop, which she agrees. Kate Bishop agrees on the spot. We forgot <laughs> that. So it's kind of like. Which was great. Like, we, you know, I'm getting a young team. I'm 23. Yes, I know. Got it all right here. Thanks. Yeah, got, you don't think I don't have intel on you? <laughs> I know, I, I it was fucking she, great. And then, and then she's like, so are you in? And she's like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I just dig the fact that we saw the growth of just being the fangirl all the way into being, you know, going towards that leadership role. I thought that yeah. was really cool. But I think she got there along the way because uh, to piggyback off of you for likes, because I think we just get out of the way. We got to actually see development for Carol Danvers. Yes. So Captain Marvel in the first movie, I think that they did a big disservice by not showing us more of Captain Marvel yes. and what makes her tick. I think finally in the sequel, we finally got to meet. The character who is technically the star of the show. Yes. Like going forward in this multiversal thing, she should be technically the Captain America. Like, not obviously, we know the Falcon is the new cap, or sorry, yeah, he's, yeah. he's just a captain. But I'm just saying, if you think about that, means the heart and soul of the team. If you think about the story and how it should be told, that should be the most powerful being that they have. That would be Captain Marvel. And I think this movie, you finally got. Her A put the bed. You f a you found out what was bothering her, and then you kind of saw her ways of putting it to bed, and now going on to being like, "Hey, I'm ready to take that next and, up." I think that that was perfect. Yeah, and it and it gives you that lead up to if they do decide to do it, 
with Rogue, I'm just going to put it out there, you, you'll feel the loss. Yeah. Like, finally. Like, it, like if, with just Captain Marvel, if Rogue showed up and took care of her later, you'd be yeah. like, yeah, good riddance. Get the, get, get now. now. Now you'd feel the loss. Now you would feel the loss. I, I think that they did a good job there. And I know that was one of our complaints from the original yeah. Captain Marvel film when we reviewed it, was that they didn't make Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel feel important at all. No. I think in this movie they finally did. Yeah. And I also think that they, going with the main characters, all three of them, Monica Rambeau, we got a lot more of her story. Yeah. And now you can see that she's going to be an integral part of this story going forward. I, I, and that's the other thing. I Monica Rambeau, you know, character, I wasn't a big fan in the comics. Wasn't, not going to lie to you. Secret oh, War. was. <laughs> Secret War. I was going to say, you're, yeah. you're not alone, probably. You know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really there. She was just kind of there, whatever. Secret Wars originally, blah, blah, blah. I like this version of her. I'm glad she's there. I enjoyed it. Well, WandaVision, she did a fine enough job yeah. in the acting role. But once again, you're just kind of like, yeah. why do we have this character? Now, now we, we know, know. why. Yes. And now it's and now actually it makes sense. And you're like, okay, I want to yeah. see this journey. I want to see this journey. Yeah. Because it's going to be hard because now we know the challenges. It's going to be hard because she's working on the in a different universe with the person who is technically her mother in that universe. But in that universe, she's not there. Yeah. So therefore, there's no familial bond. But to her, she's got to get past the fact that binary is just looks like her mom is not her mom. And so yeah. you have to deal with that. Plus you have to deal with probably being the hero of that realm at some point yeah. in juncture. I thought that they did a good job of setting the table there. Yeah. Uh, any other likes you have before I pass it on a diesel or be honest, do the round table, uh, the, the hour 45 amazing in and out. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it like, you didn't need to add anything. Maybe a couple things could have been cut here and there to get it down to like a minute 40 or hour 40, but not, I don't think it really needed it. I, I think but, you're right. Yeah. I think I think it, it's fine where it is, but yeah, yeah you could have. You, if we wanted to nitpick, yeah, I just it, don't it, think it's nitpicky. Diesel likes. All right, we're going to go with the growth of Kamala Khan through this from being the you know the fangirl that she is to more of the uh, scrawl, you know, a sanctuary. When she has a realization like that they can't save anybody, you, you like you feel for her. Yeah. Like like her growth through it, like and you notice that she's hurt that they have to just that Carol's right and that yeah, we gotta go. You gotta save Sometimes you have to go. make hard choices. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. When they're transporting there, that's another moment where you get to see the importance on Captain Marvel. Because remember, the little scroll kid, uh, when uh basically Kamala Khan tries to cheer the little kid up, gives them the Captain Marvel doll and says says to the kid, Captain Marvel will fix this. Yeah. And Carol, of course, hears that. And that's where some things click. And it kind of is like that Superman moment where it's like Captain Marvel is now kind of like, oh, I have to be Superman. Yeah. So I, 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 it's kind of upsetting. I forgot to mention that in the, the thing, but glad that you brought yeah. it up because that is another growth for Carol. Continue. Yep. Sorry. And, and it's a growth for her, too, because she doesn't she's she's not going to be reliant on this fangirl for Captain Marvel. She she sees the flaws in this whole system. And she'll she still you know loves Captain Marvel and Monica, but she knows that all right, we can still always try to do better as well. So you see the tremendous growth in her at a young age in the character. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like this. I absolutely love the singing planet. <laughs> I was in my Little Mermaid glory on that planet. I, I also want to point out, to be fair, Diesel does love musicals, but to also be fair. Uh, he let our patrons know on a little secret. We won't share that with you, but if you want to go to Patreon, I know it's a shameless plug. It's only a dollar a month. You help support the show. He shares with a little more reasoning why he may or may not have really liked the scene. I will say this. I was not offended by the scene. I know some people got real, real mad. But once again, I was there. There, this movie gets heavy at times, and this is a positive, too. This movie actually deals with a lot of heavy stuff, 
So the little breaks of the humor in it, because it's not as humorful as the original, yeah. Yeah. there is still humor, don't get me wrong. You kind of need the levity. That scene with the dancing comes literally after we find out what happened with Monica Rambeau's mom. Yeah. You're in this zone where you are now in a very depressed spot yeah. where characters have to deal with death. It was nice to bring that levity back. Yeah. And then also the battle happens right after. So it's kind of like, it's a perfect sandwich, in my opinion. Was it for me? Not necessarily. I wouldn't call it a dislike. It just wasn't for me. I don't see why it's getting as much hate, though. If it wasn't for you, just cool. It's not that long and move on. But if you really liked it yeah, like Diesel, not, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's kind of it's <laughs> it's like, like five it's not minutes. Yeah, that. I wasn't like the whole scene. It. Yeah, and it's over and done with. Like, the joke of him being bilingual. Yep. Like made it for Oh, me. he can talk. Yeah, well, he's bilingual. He, he he understands you. Yeah, he's bilingual. I'm like, and I'm like that was like that joke just hit, and I'm like that's funny. It explains everything, and they don't have to continue singing. It's over. And like I, I've been referring to it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the last few movies, they have their Rick and Morty moments. We had the screaming um, Rams, yeah, the Rams. That, which is straight out of Rick and Morty. Yeah. You go into uh, Quantum Mania. The Quantum Realm is a Rick and Morty episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All the characters, all the little creatures and shit. Yeah, yeah. This was just this weird oddball thing that would fit in, like, the Rick and Morty universe, which I enjoyed. So I really <laughs> enjoyed the dancing and singing. Yes. And I thought it was a great little interlude to the movie. Put it this way. It didn't take me out of the movie like Spider-Man 3's dance number. <laughs> that just comes out of nowhere and is for no reason. At least with this, I'm like, okay, it's a moment of levity. It's short. You know, it's not for me, but it, it's not. It didn't take me out of the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, something else that a lot of people didn't like. I actually enjoyed some of the dialogue in this movie a lot more than other people did. I see there's a lot of flack with the people bitching that Marvel's going woke, so they're going to go broke. And with the uh, when Monica's like trying to fly to try to save um, Ms. Marvel as they're first learning that they're swapping all the time, and she's trying to fly and she doesn't have full control of it. When Nick Fury drops, use your black girl magic. I marked out. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that was, that was, I, I don't understand why that was considered woke though. Like, cause listen, in normal circumstances with Samuel L. Jackson, that's where he's like, come on, motherfucker, just fly. Yeah. You know, but you can't do that. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's a PG world. Yeah. You know, they actually, they swore more in this movie than I think they've sworn in any other movies, but they're not going to drop F-bombs. You, there's not going to be an F-bomb. If you drop the shit word I mean, or ass or whatever. Open the fucking door. But that's well, point. yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that was rated R, so. But you can, yeah. And also, you can get away with one in a PG-13 yeah. movie if you place it well. But you can't call somebody a motherfucker under any circumstance yeah. in, unless it's an R film. And so you can't have Sam Jackson do Sam Jackson yeah. shit. So Nick Fury has to operate on outside of that. So what did you want him to say to her? Did you want him to drop other words that aren't appropriate for a fucking PG film? Like, come on. Because I could go on with what he could have really said. But, like, like the whole fucking point of the matter is I thought that it was a, it was a nice way. I don't think that that shows quote, unquote, yeah. being woke. But I, yeah. that's the stupid shit that you see. And that's why I address the internet. Like, a lot of people that didn't like this, some of them didn't even see the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, that, that makes sense in the context of the film in a PG film. Like, this is not... What did you want him to say? What would have been the yeah. what more? I thought it was hilarious. I yeah. cracked up during that. Yes. And then all the dialogue from like the, the family of Kamala, I thought was great. Oh, Trying to set up good. for yeah. retirements for, you know, the saber <laughs> workers and for her mother to be like speaking in their language saying, if anything happens to you, I'll kill Captain Marvel. What did she you say? You tell her that. What did she say? <laughs> and that's not important. Uh, and, and to see their family's growth with how they treated the, you know, their teenage daughter and like letting her like, 
all right, we don't have to be as overprotective. She is a hero. And letting that happen, I thought was really cool. Or like the brother, you know, they had the brother-sister relationship yeah. and the brother saying to her, oh, don't get killed up there because I don't want to be an only child again. Yeah. Like, like, like well, you know, with these two. <laughs> yeah, with these two. And they, they hug, you know, and they yeah. show that they do love each other. Yeah. I thought, I thought yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I thought the dialogue was fine in this movie. I, I don't nope. know if people complain. Uh, likes for me. Everything you guys just listed, because I've just given off reasons for every one of them. I thought that they were that, that was really good. I like the fact that this is an entertaining film. The hour forty five helps that out. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of extra shit that made no sense in this movie. They didn't go like the reason why I think this is such a great move for them is that Marvel has been on this weird path lately, where they do these extra things that make no sense for the rest of the movie or the phase, and inside the movie, and they could chop these movies down. For this movie. They said, they went kind of back to the basics. They said, no, 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 we can cut that shit out. They already know. All we have to do is give the story. The story is these three. Let's tell the, the, the problem is that they have to share powers to go against the villain. With sharing those powers to go against said villain, they're going to either persevere or they're fucking not. And then at the end of it, we're telling the story of, hey, we need to get Kamala Khan to grow her to be a leader. We need to get Carol Danvers to be our Superman pretty much. And then Monica Rambeau has her side mission as well now. She's got to get the fuck out of this universe. (laughs) Right, in a good way, though, because she's now going to tie two universes together. So they just gave us the story to get us the pieces so we can move on with this phase finally. This is the only movie in this phase where I feel like, oh, shit, there's a direction. And I'm not talking about the shows. Because the only thing that ever tied anything together for any of the phases were the shows, like Loki and Loki Season 2, give you a little bit more peek behind the multiverse and and dealt with it way better than Ant-Man and the Quantumania. Because Quantumania didn't really give us the answer as a matter of fact you killed the big bad I understand there's a ton of variants but it still fucking doesn't make sense yeah. and at the end of the day we, we we where we ended that movie was where we started we talked about it when we reviewed that film this is one of the movies where I'm like wow we went from point A to point B and in between we kind of told the story of where we're going in the future yeah, now we know we're getting the young Avengers for sure or champions whatever they're going to call yeah. them no matter what Kamala Khan's going to be the leader of a young team. Now we know that we're positioning, like they should be anyways, Captain Marvel to be like Superman. She's going to be the beacon of fucking hope. She's going to be the one that when shit hits the fan, she's the one powerful enough to help save it. She can't do it on her own. We're going to find that out. And that's why we need the other characters. But still, she's the she's the person now. You know, when Cap was running in with the shield fucking first, like, you know, that's how it worked. Yeah. Or in the case of Endgame, with Thor's hammer, <laughs> which was awesome in its own, she's going to be that person running in first, which you should have because she's fucking Superman for all yeah. intents and purposes. True. And then Monica Rambeau is going to tie two universes together, which are very important because everybody wanted the X-Men slash mutants in, and we're going to fucking get it. So now we have, for once, a fucking somewhat of a direction. We don't have the final picture, but we have a direction. So I that's a big like for me. Yeah, and Big coming run. off of this entire phase, which feels extremely disjointed, it's nice and refreshing to have a vision ahead of you. Again. Yes. So let's go to dislikes. We do have some. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off with two, and then I'm going to pass it, uh, because I, I know we all talked about this, so I just want to lead off with it so we can all share our thoughts. And I've heard a lot of hate for it, and I get it. The villain of this film, Darben, not the best. Not saying that she did a bad job as acting. I thought Zowie did a great job as the actress behind it, but it was definitely not written very well, no. in my opinion. 
Also, I will put it this way. When I've heard people talk about this feels like a phase one or phase two movie, I think it's straight on the villain. This does feel like a throwaway villain from the first two phases of the Marvel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Remember, like, Hello was kind of this way. But Ronan Rush. was this way. Exactly. They were all kind of like these throwaway villains where there was minor story behind them, but you never get yeah. behind them. And I think the one thing, this phase has been rough. We'll be honest. But the one thing they've done good in this phase is villains. Because after Thanos, we got some bangers. We got the return of William Defoe as the Green Goblin. Nobody saw that coming, but it was awesome. We got uh, Gore the God Butcher. We got the High Evolutionary, who possibly is the best villain in the MCU outside of Thanos. Or you could say they suppress him. And even... You know, and even to its, its its extent, we've gotten, you know, a few others that were good. Kang was good for what he was. I don't know what's going on because, you know, outside of the MCU. But once again, we've had, we've been, we've been blessed with some great villains. This villain doesn't feel like that she's on the level as them. And I don't think it's the actress's fault. I just think it's the writing and how they did this movie. Yeah, especially when the character's motivation is kind of just. And, but they just. It was just played off such a weird way. And then, like. She seemed entitled and whiny. Yes. And she was justified. But if she would have... The problem is that they were trying to use a justified thing, which basically makes Carol Danvers the fucking villain. Because the Annihilator line is perfect. Unfortunately, Carol can't be the villain. Yeah. Although, if they would have flipped it... I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, it was a weird take. It, it's yeah. a weird take, and it, it just... Yeah, the, it was really rough to go through that. Their better bet was to never have her called the Annihilator. A, B, and they should have just made her a warlord. Darben should have just been a yeah, warlord. True. Just hungry for power. The reason she was after the bracelets wasn't to give back the atmosphere and shit. It was to make gain for herself, punish Captain Marvel, but also rule with an iron fist yeah. over her people. Like, she shouldn't have been... Like, because you kind of root for her in a way. Like, oh, she's just trying to give them air and water and sun. That's what she's trying to do for her planet and yeah. her people. And yeah, kind of Carol was kind of an asshole. She even admits to it. Yeah. So like, you're like, it makes it weird. She's not a straight villain. You yeah. know, like, and I understand people would go, well, Gore the God Butcher was just mad because, you know, the gods killed his son and that turned him into the God Butcher. But he went past the, fo he went past the, re the just revenge and went to be a, a straight asshole. <laughs> oh no, I was team Gore on that one. <laughs> Fuck them kids. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean though? They took it to the point yeah. where like, yes, it was just to get the revenge he got. But then he just kept going. Yeah. So at some point in juncture, he went from justified to now you're just bloodthirsty and you're like a serial killer. Yeah. Like you, you're starting to enjoy this. Yeah. Like it's a different, it's a different kind of logic. Whereas with Darben, she never kind of takes the villain role. Yeah. If she would have taken the villain role and be like, using, hey, I brought this planet air again, you guys worship, worship me. me. Yeah. But it was just a. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to do good by my planet. And I have these. I have these bangles and this hammer. So you know, you if you don't worship me, you're just gone. Yeah. And and the only time they really make her a heel is after she gets up and she agrees to let Carol try to start the sun, and then she tries to kill him with the fucking bands. And then she dies in the dumbest way possible yeah, because of it. Very yeah. lackluster ending for her. Yeah. And uh, so that was one of my big takeaways. And my only other one is the bangles, and not because I dislike the bangles. I just wish they would have explained them better. Because, like, I took the inference from it, but how many people didn't? Because I yeah. kept seeing this come up. Like, well, wow, wow. Dar Ben puts both of them on and uses them, and she fucking goes kaputski. Well, that's also because she had the hammer. The hammer has power, too. So that's a universal weapon, so that's powerful. And then you have two other gigantically powerful things, so she, she just overloaded herself with power. That's why when Carmella uses two, she's not, she's not doing beyond that. Just use comic book logic. Kamala's Meeland. 
That's true, too. Yeah. Problem solved. Oh, also, that's too. But you could have explained it better. You could have yeah. explained it better. Because also, once she loses the band, Kamala is still fighting with powers. Why? Because once again, her powers aren't from the band. The band just gives her, makes her powers stronger. Her powers are mutant powers. But once again, like the that's why I brought the Wolverine thing earlier. They don't really go, oh, yeah, by the way, remember, Kamala Khan's powers aren't tied to that band. Yeah. Her, 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 her powers are tied to her she's a mutant that's it the band just awoken her mutant just basically they sparked the mutant spark if you will because if you go by you know in some time in your life if you're a mutant you get sparked it comes on it turns on uh we know that from mutant lore yeah so that's all that they had to say that that was what caused the spark but it also amplifies her powers because we find out it also amplifies carol's powers and that's why they both have one just like a lot of people were confused even like in my group that went and were like so where the fuck did the other bangle go from Kamala when she comes off the ship? I'm like, Carol has it. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that. Well, at the end of the movie, you can clearly see yeah. it. But they did a bad job of showing when she flies into the sun, they should have shown the bangle. Yeah. yeah. And once again, they should have explained that the bangle just exemplifies the powers you already have. Because even though it didn't give powers to Darben, it just made the powers. Because remember, she had to use it with either, either taking the power from getting it shot at her from yeah. one of the Marvels or from the hammer. If she didn't have that, it did nothing for yeah. her because all it does is amplify powers. Once again, they should have done a better job of explaining that because they don't explain it at fuck all. No. And that's my dislikes uh, for the biggest part. Diesel, will go to you next as uh, we went to the second last time, so go ahead. All right. So some of the interpersonal relationships between Monica and Carol, I didn't give a shit about. It was, hey, we have planets getting destroyed and you're, you're still holding on to a grudge that Aunt Carol never came back. Fucking get over it. I didn't come here for a lifetime movie. <laughs> Your feelings are valid, all that good shit. She's a superhero. Nobody cares. <laughs> that was one of my big takeaways was just like, I don't care about the Hallmark movie part aspect of this. And then the same thing going with the alluded to Carol and Valkyrie having a relationship. Possibly. So you can't come back to planet Earth because you're ashamed of what you did on Halal, but you can have Valkyrie fly on the the light bridged and scissor fuck off. Like <laughs> you, you could have came back and at any given point, but you were ashamed to come back to well, see who was watching. Or, or how about this? Why don't you just put it in the air? That there might be something there yeah. instead of just like pussyfooting around. Yeah. Cause that's all they did. They yeah. were like, Oh, you know, they kind of allude to something, but then they don't go with the distance. And we know Valkyrie's already, you know, she's a lesbian. Yeah. We already know this. So there's no, why don't you just say, Hey, maybe they're lovers yeah. and call it a day. Instead, they're kind of like, and they were alluding yeah. to that once again. It's that weird thing that fucking Disney slash Marvel has been doing. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like just come out and say it because nobody, nobody. I, I, I don't want to say nobody will care, like because you could make it another positive, but nobody gives a fuck if she's a lesbian or not. It doesn't change the fact that she's fucking Captain Marvel. It doesn't change yeah. the fact that she's Valkyrie. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out. If you're yeah. gonna make a strong stance, make the strong stance. Right. Yeah. Like you did it with fucking Loki. Yeah. When I mean the big thing was oh you know in season one when he says he's bi well. Basically, well, yeah. he's anti-sexual. He's, yeah. he's he's what we would call pansexual because he has zero fucking... Uh, he has sex with himself. He would have sex with everything. Pansexual. He'll have sex with himself as a cast iron. Yes, exactly. So, yes. so, But you know what I mean? So they, they championed that, and that was fine. I know there was a lot of... Some people were like, I can't believe... Why would they say that? It's like, have you ever read the fucking comics? You know, Loki's the god of mischief. He's been fucking pansexual if, forever. Do you know the lore of Loki? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the, the, myth, the, the real mythological lore. Like, he's done some fucked up shit yeah so i don't see why that's a, yeah. was a big deal but i get like some you know people are idiots so i get yeah. that part but the whole thing here is just say it i, I, I yeah. like what you're saying 
And then the whole side story, as much as I love the Florkins and the Kittens, I get what they were doing with, hey, there's a rift and like gravity's pulling this everywhere. The spaceship, the saber ship's going down. It didn't need to be in there. It was a... They put it in there for you, dude. For you. As much as I love the Florkins. <laughs> it was just like, you could have just had the saber ship just rotating up there and nothing would have changed. Like, yeah. showing them, like, wrangling all the kittens into the escape pods. It was just like... Let's this, be honest. They did it for the cute factor. Yeah, it was just this... this unnecessary, though, in my yeah, eyes. True. Like, like I, you could have fleshed out more of the relationships with the main characters. And, like, the first Captain Marvel movie was a Nick Fury movie. This one didn't need as much Nick Fury, even though he was in a reduced role in this one. He really didn't need to be in this one. I, I, I will say this. I agree with what you're saying, but I'm still not upset. Oh, yeah. I'm not upset about it. But it, was just like, <laughs> it, it was unnecessary, but I still enjoyed it just because I like the kittens. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> anything else, Diesel? No, that's pretty much it. I, I, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Ron, do you have anything else you want to add no, that we I, didn't already talk no, about? No, actually, you guys hit everything on the nails for the negatives here. I, there's not much more wrong with this movie. No. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more beast. I mean, you know, let's be honest. <laughs> it should have been like a half an hour freaking end, hey. cre- end credit scene and meet, meet all the freaking characters. Hey, you know, we covered everything when we're running long, so that's good news. <laughs> so now that we've gone past the full spoiler review, it's time to find out what the internet gave scores to before we give our scores. And you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. And of course, last week, Diesel became champion again in a pretty dominant performance. Can he retain or will Ron take over? Well, the game is played simply like this. It is Price is Right rules, closest to the number without going over. And uh, whoever gets the three points first gets the win, of course. The last one is a tiebreaker, so that's closest to the number because we don't do ties. It has to be worth two points and shit. Don't worry about it. I got this under control. This is our game. I'm just throwing it out there. (laughs) We're having fun here. So with that being said, Ron, you are the challenger. So you get to go first. Uh, IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give the Marvels? 6.2. Diesel. Oh, that's really good. (laughs) I really wanted to say 7.4, but I I dropped it down. That's really good. I I, I don't think this is a reflection of what we think about this movie. I'm going with one. So one to Patrick So if anything's higher than a 6.2, it's Ron. Anything lower, it's Diesel. And it pays off for Diesel because it was 6.1. Oh, Ron, you were just there. Just like there. I said, I wanted to say 7.2 and I dropped it a little. So Ron, you Fuck. were you were you were dead on it, but you, you busted. All right, Diesel. What happened to me last week? You are up one to nothing. We're going to go to Metacritic now. This is out of 100%. And, of course, this is a critic scores only from around the internet. They um, put them together, so just giving you who they are. And what did they give the Marvels? Uh, it's a comic book movie. Critics hate that shit. 42. Ron. One. <laughs> He's hedging his bets. And Diesel gets the point, 50%. Oh, okay. okay. Diesel is up two nothing. If he gets one more right, he wins, and he can fix it up here. But, Ron, you get to go first. This is Rotten Tomatoes critic score. The Rotten Tomatoes critics, so these are only Rotten Tomatoes critics. Out of 100%, what did they give the Marvels? 48. 48. Diesel. 49. <laughs> oh, Diesel's going for the win, ladies and gentlemen. Diesel is going for the win. Did he get it? Yes, he did. 
Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 62%. A lot higher than 62%. I just was seeing all the hate for it. I thought it would be a lot lower. Well, we're going to try to see if we can get that flawless victory. Well, you got three in a row, but can you get all of them? So, Diesel, you get to go next. Rotten Tomatoes fan score, out of 100%, what did they give the Marvels? Oh, it's really early in its run. I'm going to go against the grain for Google users. 77. Ron. 79. 77, 79, and let's put it this way. Ron got it right, so he blocked you getting the perfect. Uh, 84%. 84%. That's why I played the fail horn. Not because you got it wrong, but because he does not get the... So, for funsies, Google users, Ron, you go first out of 100%. What did they give it? 88. Diesel. 77. You guys should have been much, much lower. You would have gotten it from closest. 55%. You have to remember, whenever there's controversy quote-unquote no. controversy, where it gets taken out is on Google. Because uh, all of the, uh, I'm just going to say it, all of the incels <laughs> and the people who are uncomfortable with, you know, female leads for whatever reason or whatever, Which, or hate on things for no other reason than bullshit, I'm just saying it. And once again, if you if you think that's an attack on you, it probably is. Like, I, like I, I made the comment earlier in the day, we were going to go see the Marvels to our friend Tone. I'm like, yeah, we're about to go see the Girl Power movie. <laughs> and so I can't say like I went in with very low right, right, right. but here's the thing and, and listen if you didn't and I've said this before on Patreon I'll say it here and I think I said it here if you didn't like the movie because you just didn't like the movie that's fine yeah that is absolutely 100% fine it doesn't you can't you don't have to agree with me but if your excuse for not liking the movie is it was quote unquote woke or it was girl power or it's the MCU or whatever stupid comments that are out on the internet if that's your reasoning for not liking a movie or you have super hero fatigue if that's your reason for not liking a movie that is a lame ass reason to not like a movie like if you don't like the movie because it wasn't entertaining to you that's perfectly fine and you can say hey it wasn't entertaining for x y and z they tried to for even if you're like hey they forced these messages and i didn't like that blah 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 that's more respectable than just saying some stupid shit and just sounding like a moron and and the people that i've seen the loudest out there that didn't like the movie and I'm going to be honest, and this is not because I'm bootlicking Marvel, because God knows I shit all over the Eternals in other movies. It's not like every piece, I'm the one that sat there and going, hey guys, let's stop saying that everything Marvel makes is great, so they just keep shitting in a box and giving it to us. We've True. been saying that forever. But in the case of like a movie like this that is at the very least entertaining, and I think you got that from our scoring so far, well, we haven't given our scores, but you know, from our talking then that means if your reason is one of those bullshit reasons, that's what I'm calling out. If you legit didn't like it for legitimate reasons, that's fine. Not everybody's they had to have the same cup of tea as everybody else. But, yeah, that's who I have. And if you think that uh, if you got offended, then you probably should have been, right? <laughs> Just throwing it out there. You're listening to an unapologetic podcast. Uh, I, I know other ones like to kiss somebody's ass, whether it's the studios, the fans, or anybody else's. But if you had just listened to us now, we just give you that right down the middle take on our feelings, and that's all we can do. So with that being said, let's get to what we really felt about this movie because it's time for our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. First, we will give you the nerd score. Then I will give you my critic score for this film. Uh, the nerd score is on the nerd scale. And of course, the nerd score is a recommendation score. We use our critic score mixed with an entertainment score to give you the nerd score. Basically, that means that uh, when the critic score comes in, if the movie was super entertaining, it could make it higher even if the critic score is low, and vice versa can happen. So basically, you know, it's basically kind of a recommendation based upon how entertained we were. So with that being said, there's five parts of the scale and only five parts alone. 
The one number one slot is no. That means it's a terrible movie. You should never see it. The two slot is you've been warned. That means it's not a terrible movie, but it's still not good. So you've been warned not to see it. The three spot is ah, it's good. These are average to good movies. That means that, you know, go ahead and see it, but you're probably not going to watch it again, but you're not going to regret seeing it that first time. You're not going to add to your collection or anything like that, though. A four is just take my money. That means you can feel free. It's going to be the very good to great movies. You can feel free to go see it in the theater if it's in the theater. If you want to rent it and spend money on it, you might want to add it to your collection. You might even want to add it to your rotation. It might not be your top of the tops, but it's still good enough to spend money on it and see it multiple times. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air known as Certified Nerd. These are the legendary films. These are movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park, where pretty much across the board, people will say, hey, not only are they great movies, but every time they get re-released, you're going to buy it, you're going to buy the you know anniversary editions, they're definitely going to be uh, a movie that's in your rotation. They are the creme de la creme. With all of that being said, Ron, you're going to go first. What is your nerd score for the Marvels, and why? My score for this is a four. Show me the money! Probably one of the best movies in this uh, phase, by far. Uh, the entertainment value is there. The comedy is there. The little gripes that we have, yeah, they're there, but it doesn't take too much away from the movies. didn't really take you out of the movie. It just, you know, how things go. Um, this is definitely Kamala Khan's movie all the way, and we need more of that. And I am solid with all that all the way. Like I said earlier, top 10 Marvel movie, if not top five. Nice. All right, Diesel, you're up next. What's your nerd score and why? We've landed on a solid four. Show me the money! Uh, Grant, my viewing was a little bit askew. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, but I had a great time. I was laughing throughout this movie. Uh, Kamala Khan made me feel all sorts of range of emotions for what her character was going through. I think she's a refreshing breath into a, for me, stale format of movies right now. So this kind of refreshed uh, my love for the comic book movie. I enjoyed this immensely. All right, I'm not even going to bury the lead. It's going to be a clean sweep here. I'm also giving it a four. Show me the money! I didn't think it quite made it to the five level. I don't think it quite made it to Certified Nerd. There is There were still problems. We talked about it. There was nothing that really took me out of the movie. Uh, the key word, though, if you were saying word association with this movie, I would say fun. I found it very entertaining. I found it very fun. And at the end of the day, that's what makes a difference. It was also the first, as I pointed out, movie in this phase where I was like, man, there is possibly a fucking direction to this phase. Finally. You know, finally, you know, leading up into this most recent phase, we had had a direction the whole time. It, this phase has felt disjointed. I feel that. I'm also with you, Diesel. And I said it's not a good enough reason to, like, hate a movie alone because you have to judge every movie. But I was like you. I was Lately, they've not been nailing it. And, of course, DC has totally been shit in the bed as far as, as comic book movies go. So that's been fucking taking it out of me. In this movie, I'm just like, you know, I've not been a fan of this phase of the MCU. Even Guardians of the Galaxy 3, 4, or 3, sorry, I thought it was good, but it wasn't great. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like... I, I got to the point where I was like, man, maybe superhero fatigue is the thing. And, and no, I already knew what it was. It's not really fatigue. It's like I, I've been warning about for years. And you can go back years of this podcast. And all of us had agreed that, like, you can't just keep letting Marvel shit in a box or Disney shit in a box and tell you you should like it. Because that's how we ended up with the Eternals. And that's how we've ended up with these just disjointed stories. Because they're just like, oh, fuck it. We can just throw whatever out there and these motherfuckers going to eat it up. I think in this case, though, they told a really good story and it was a lot of fun. I am a big fan of the director of this film. Uh, Nia DaCosta is uh, is great. She's up and coming. I can't wait to see her do more stuff outside of the even superhero realm because it 
Candyman was phenomenal. If you didn't like it, I don't know what to tell you, but it was a phenomenal movie. It was my horror movie of the year in 2021. Uh, speaking of which, the nerdies are coming up, so we're going to have a whole other list coming in at that point. i gotta, I got to put that shit together still uh, as far as what I'm voting on. But uh, outside of that, I'm just throwing it out there. I thought that this was very well done. At the end of the day, was it perfect? Nope. Was it the best movie in the MCU? No. Uh, was it better than most of the MCU? Yes. It's definitely in that top front half. I, I you know, I don't want to give it a spot right now if I had to rank, but I'm, I'm just telling you, it is not in the bottom half of the MCU movies. It's towards the, the front half. This is, this is a good entertaining film, and the entertainment really picks up because, like I said, word association, fun. With that being said, I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. There was, like I said, some little issues with the movie, and some of it was technical, so it's kind of just like, yeah, you know, it's still a very good movie. A seven and a half out of ten is a very good score, but it keeps you out of that 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 certified nerd area. And I just don't think it was there. I, I think the entertainment almost brought it there, but there's just a little bit more I would like to see flushed out. Now, with that being said, I would love to see the Marvels too. If that's if that's yeah. a thing, I want to see that movie. Yeah, I want to see more of these characters. Period. I want to see more from Captain Marvel. I want to see yeah. more from Monica Rambeau. And I want to see, especially, I want to see more from Kamala Khan. Yeah. So going forward, I feel like these are going to be your leaders of the new phase. And if that is finally the direction we're in, kudos to Marvel. Maybe Kevin Fahey's back. So this might be the finally the jumping off point that we all need. Instead of just going, it's multiverse. <laughs> That's fine. It's multiverse of fucking what? failure yeah exactly. <laughs> up to this point yes 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 and then even this movie doesn't really deal with the multiverse except for at the end yeah so in essence you've finally given me a story where i'm like okay the multiverse is, is here but guess what this is cool to be fair loki had to needed some time to figure out what he needed to do <laughs> well you know i love the theory that he's basically uh trying to figure out how to defeat king by pulling in the best of the best from every timeline he can find. That's what he's in that chair for, which is kind of what they're alluding to. So maybe that is why Monica Rambeau gets pulled over because we need you to get these mutants. And then, you know, we're going to see Kamala Khan. We need you to grow so you can form Possibly. this team that we need. So it looks like the architect is going to be Loki. And that's and I'm fine with that because I thought the ending of that of Loki season two was Oh, I love the ending. That. Right. I, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. like the season, but I love that, the That's ending. fine. The ending was great. Though. Yeah. And that's what I'm led to believe. Yes. Sorry, spoiler alert for for those of you who haven't oh, seen but, yeah. it. But it, it does tie in there. So I think that there's finally a direction. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the next movie they'll shit it all over it. You know they're what I mean? Probably, but, I mean <laughs> make it crap, shoot it. Dude, that's the trend lately, right? Yep. But as of coming out of the Marvels, this was super entertaining and fun. I don't understand how somebody couldn't have a good time watching the film at least. Like that's the one part when people are complaining about yeah. it. It doesn't have to be your favorite. You don't have to score it high. But how did you go to this movie and not have fun? Yeah. It's been a long uh, time since we had a comic book movie that was fun. Yeah, this was fun. Like, like I said, word association, fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. That's all I needed it to be. And like I said, there's some story in there. So perfectly done. Uh, in my opinion, like I said, we gave it a clean sweep of fours. So it's just take my money. Go see in the theater. Uh, feel free to make sure you definitely check out The Marvels. Ron! Oh, by the way, if you disagree with us, agree with us, you want to send us hate mail or anything, you can find all those links at 3fnpodcast.com. Uh, now, Ron, I believe you have some business to attend to. Two out of ten stars. Grossly overrated nonsense. This is a fantasy film, the first in a long-running series of Harry Potter films, and also known as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It is based on the novel of the same name, which is first in a long-running series of novels. An orphan lives in Surrey with his aunt, uncle, and cousin, all of whom resent him. He goes to live to study in Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in Scotland. I cannot understand the massive popularity of the film or why it spawned so many sequels. It is a dull dialogue, shock 
stock characters, mundane acting, and ridiculous plot. Before I watched it, I heard of a lot of critics, journalists, filmgoers, and people involved in making the film claim that there's a lot in the film for adult viewers to enjoy. I strongly disagree with them, and I consider this to be a children's film. I cannot see how any adult or teenager can enjoy this nonsense. I haven't seen any of the sequels and have no intents of doing so. Two out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks, people. By the way, Diesel, before I let you go on your rant, I just want to point this out. The first part of this fucking review was like the no shit Sherlock moment. Like, yep, that's what it is. It's a movie in a long stretch of a franchise. Yep, yep, that's right. It came from books. Oh, yep, that's right. That's how the story starts off. No shit, Sherlock. And then after that, it just just evolved to whatever you want to say. If you want to write a, a review that you're very critical of, and you want to turn it into a book report in the opening segment, just giving a play-by-play of what's going on, that's your prerogative. I personally want to have led out with, hey, this is based off of a book. The book starts off like this. He was in, lived in Surrey with his aunt and uncle, and they resented him. We don't know why they resented him, but they resented him. And then he went to, to Scotland to become a wizard. What the shit? The, stick to the facts. Holy shit, learn how to write. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are scraping the bottom of the barrel. That's why it's close to the end of the year. I can tell you that much. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's 3FN podcast. Next week, we will be back in the 3FN Movie Club review. We will do be doing the brand new horror movie, Thanksgiving. That's right. You ain't going to stuff the turkey. The turkey's going to stuff you. Uh, that would be more of Thanksgiving. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, Thanksgiving will be next week's 3FN Movie Club Review. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds! Later. Low-key, I love MCU. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people. <laughs>